note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. You know what? Don't tell many people this, but Christmas is just about my favorite time. Ever since I was a little kid, I always felt like it was my own personal holiday. The smell of a Christmas tree. You can keep your Chanel number five, just give me a whiff of that old lonesome pine. That symbol of brotherly love. The centerpiece that all mankind gather around to share the cranberry sauce shaped like a can. So rise and shine, it's time to put fuel in the tank and rubber on the road. And reunite Lena and Ollie for another episode of Adjust Your Tracking. You know what I mean? Hey everybody, boys and girls and non-binary folk. And welcome to a very special edition of Adjust Your Tracking. This is a podcast where every single Christmas we don't fail to make a Christmas episode because Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year and it's really important that we talk about Christmas movies. And I am Lena Delaney and with me is... Ho, ho, ho! I'm (laughs) Ollie Jones. (laughs) It's the Christmas spirit himself. I impersonated in... Yeah, it's imbued in me. It is in view to you. You're uh, the most Christmassy person I know. <laughs> well, I think I'm all Christmas out. Christmas out. Christmas is at. What would you say? I, I'm all. No one says that. No, no, they don't. I'm all Christmas out because I can't remember if I talked about it on the last podcast, but I did a Christmas music video earlier in the year. I sure. spent two two months like covered in fake snow, which I got all over the house and pissed off Caroline and. Uh, had to make sure the dog didn't eat it and all sorts of stuff and uh, that was fun and i think two months of christmas in the summer is enough to kill your christmas spirit i think actually so it's slowly creeping back in now though so what have you done to kind of get you get yourself into the christmas mood (laughs) what have i done well today we actually went out for a a christmas meal with some friends and that was nice um that kind of got me in a little bit of christmas uh bit of a Christmas spirit. Did you put a um, paper hat on? No, because there was no crackers or anything like that. There was nothing like that. But um disappointing. But it was enjoyable. Um I'm trying to think what else I've done because I'm working on another music video again now, so I'm doing stupid stupid hours. Um but next week we're going to a Christmas pug disco. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which as it's as it sounds, it's going to be a lot of pugs and their owners, and it's like a little pug disco where they kind of mingle, and uh, there's a person dressed up as the Grinch there, apparently. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> How long's that going for? Oh, uh, probably way too long. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I reckon that I reckon it's probably like an hour and a half or something, because I reckon they kind of schedule in as many as they can. Of the day, course. They probably don't. Yeah. Because yeah. they probably don't want too many dogs at the same time, but also they want to maximise the amount of yeah money they can get from people and stuff so um so that's gonna be interesting what else am i doing all the dog christmas songs yeah i went to uh there's a farm shop around the corner they had a christmas night but it was exactly the same it is every other day except for they gave you a token to get a free christmas beverage so i opted for the hot chocolate caroline went for the mulled wine and i'm not even joking it was like a thimble full of (laughs) 
of <laughs> hot chocolate. It was nice, but it was like a thimble full. And it's like, wow. I've not Yay. been feeling the hot drinks this year. I've not had any hot cider or hot rum or hot hot um, mulled wine or anything else like that. I've not had one yet. They're selling no. them everywhere, but I'm not feeling it for some reason. Yeah, you're not you're not feeling festive yet, then, or I guess not. Um, no, though I mean, I think I'm actually being more festive than I usually am. Um, I'm what watching have you a been, lot of, you been kind of festive movies. Oh, okay, and um, but like. We haven't got any decorations up in the house because my last my last day in England is the fifteenth. Um, oh yeah, you're jet setting, aren't you? Yeah. So I don't. I didn't really feel the need to kind of put up decorate yeah. Christmas decorations. And the same, like my, my ha- one of my housemates also flies back to Canada the same day, and and John just seems like he doesn't want to do anything. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. I did suggest tomorrow, or I could put the tree up or something, but I don't know. We'll see. I probably won't. But can you not get a, a paper cut out of a tree just something that you could just put on the wall and it's just easily <laughs> you know easy to take down again <laughs> I think it's because John's got some like friends and family coming around at Christmas and I feel like yeah you want it to feel a little bit festive at least yeah and I feel like he feels like oh there's no point and I'm like I don't I can't have people coming into my house and thinking I am this bad of like a housewife <laughs> <laughs> that there isn't any decorations <laughs> up and there's no Christmas spirit it can't just be looking like a, a, a boring old flat so I may have to I may have to put some effort into putting some stuff up before I leave yeah we um, just to kind of save the spirit we put our tree up the other day we got another we always get a real tree and uh, Caroline got really upset because I started to prune the tree to shape it and she was like you take more of care of that tree than you do yourself so which is probably <laughs> true <laughs> and uh we got a, a little train that goes around the bottom of it. Oh my god! But the dog, the dog absolutely hates it. It ha- <laughs> hates it so much and just knocks it over, sends it flying off its tracks all the time. So it's like I, f- I feel like making like a little action film, even if it's like a little minute long thing, just to put on an Instagram or something, like a kaiju movie or something, but with a giant pug. I don't know. A giant pug beating up a train. Yeah, but today was the first time I actually watched some Christmas films. Because uh, I watched what... a few earlier in the year just to give me inspiration for the music video. But now oh, I've... Uh, but uh, they're two new ones that I've never seen before. One is the t- film that we're going to be talking about today. And another one is one I think you've seen. So hopefully we can talk about that. Uh, it was what... called Merry Little Batman. Oh, yes, totally. I watched that the other day. It fucking rules. It's so charming. Yeah. Uh, I had so much fun with it. You know, one it references one of my favourite Christmas films of all time quite heavily. In <laughs> yeah, the first, it basically like, comes like the first like I don't know twenty minutes or something is is Home Alone. It's home Alone. It? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's, then it becomes like the Grinch a little bit and stuff like that. And um, but like I'm a part of a few like movie groups on on the interwebs, and a lot of them bear in mind there are, a lot of them are batman fans and some have their own batman dedicated podcasts and all this kind of stuff and they like absolutely trashed the style of it and absolutely hated it and i what i just don't understand how you can not like the look of this animated film because one the animation is stunning like for yeah. a, what is like a straight to dvd uh film it's stunning like if you watch any of their other like straight to dvd tv animated ones they're so static and boring they look like archer now but with a bit more animation yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. and 
it really bugs me because a couple of years ago they did the long Halloween and they said, oh, we can't do like imitate Tim Sale's artwork and that. And I was like, well, yeah, you can just simplify it a bit, you know, at least give it some personality. And this film has just personality just that's why yeah all stacks over the place and and the personality not just the animation but as you say the drawing style and just the way the, the city itself in that kind of world it all feels like of a piece like they just went hard into character design and and the designs of this the world and stuff it feels like a kind of you know the bruce tim-esque kind of gothic yeah, it's world like, but with this kind of new, like scratchy kind of 2d style i don't know what you would refer that to as but yeah, and like it's very illustrative, like a like a you know like a kids book, isn't it? And uh, yeah, little you know Damien Wayne, which is probably my favourite interpretation of Damien Wayne. Actually, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's very he looks very like Calvin and Hobbes like. Yeah, and then totally. all the adults in it are all very much elongated, kind of yeah. massive legs, as if like you know it's a little child looking up at adults, and they've got these yeah, massive big legs, big wide and- shoulders, big chin, and things like that. And, all kind um, of weirdly shaped like Alfred's the oldest Alfred that has ever been <laughs> I, lo- I loved how Alfred in the beginning bit he's like walking after like chasing after Damien but he reminded me in do you remember the old Tomb Raider games when you'd like do the <laughs> yes, like the, the practice butler. level and the butler would just follow you around and you could lock him yeah. in rooms and stuff it just reminded me of that <laughs> apparently he I was th- voiced by Farmer Haggis or Hoggett yeah. whatever from Babe James Conwell yeah John Luke JLC, Wilson yeah. played a Batman he was really good I was really surprised with how good he was as a Batman I just think Um, like it has so much charm to it and it's such a perfect kind of um, introduction of uh, to Batman to kids like oh yeah totally and that's why I was saying I think they should have released it at the cinema because it would have been unchallenged at the theatre yeah totally I mean there's nothing out at the moment really there's nothing else especially for that group for that you know that age group like you know, under 10s or under 12s or whatever. There's just nothing. There's no, like, Paw Patrol. There's no, like, Trolls 2 and Wish Bombed. Like, um, so, and I think a Batman cartoon at the cinema at Christmas, like a Christmassy Batman cartoon would have just cleaned up. I just don't see why it, people just would have flocked to it because why not? Like, let's go see that, the 90-minute Batman movie. They put Teen Titans on the cinema, didn't they? I think. Yeah, yeah I, think they, I think the first one at yeah. least, yeah. And Maybe this very one. much has a feel of, like, Lego Batman kind of vibes, isn't yeah. it? And, and uh, really, it's very self-referential. such a charming and, time with it. And you can tell the filmmakers love Batman. They're having tons of fun with, like, the franchise. It's not, like, a weird cash-in. I think there is, like, a... There's a comic book this is kind of based on, is it... Well, there's one called Little Gotham. Yeah. It's called Little... But it's... They're... They're all like miniature chibi like versions yeah. of them. Do you know what I mean? So they're not necessarily children as such, but they're just little weird miniature versions of the characters. I don't know. I think I remember Brandon actually bought one for his daughter and he said the artwork's amazing, but the actual like story and uh, mm. whatever is not is not the not the greatest. But like I was saying, like a a lot of these podcaster people that I know who have Batman podcasts, they just I, I, I just don't understand how they cannot like this film. And I don't know if it's because I'm an animator and I can kind of see like Maybe. where yeah. where like an animator would have a lot more fun animating this because it's all more bouncy. You've got like all squash and stretch, and it's not so yeah. rigid, and it's like um, it's a lot more playful. Um, and did you know? It just did reminded you, me oh, of like the, when I used to love Cartoon Network. And watching Cartoon, oh, yeah, Cartoon totally, Network yeah. shows, and 
a feature length Batman version of that, which was just, I just found it so cute and so charming. I just couldn't imagine not having a charming time with it because it was just funny and cute and had a nice story to it and flowed really well. And I liked how they did their world building as well. Like it wasn't just a boring world building. They kind of thought about what would these villains be like, you know, grown up, you know, the, the kind of crimeless Gotham and they kind of aged everyone by about 20 years or something. They did their yeah, little yeah, yeah. bits of world building to, to put it together. And I just thought that was cute. That was a really good idea. And it felt like I'd... that. It's the first time I've seen Batman have character growth, really. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like th- there was one line that I really liked from Alfred. And he was like, the reason why he's like the way he is, he want, he never had, he wanted you to have what he never had, a childhood. Yeah. And I thought that's such a poignant, like, nice little line I know it's a bit on the nose but I thought it was, it was sure. nice and, but it's, I, I think yeah. as a cute little kids cartoon I mean it's great I think again I'm in a big proponent for superheroes should be for kids and yeah, yeah well I can, think they should you be can, f- you can make Batman for kids and this is a perfect fucking example totally. of that and um, did you notice who did the music for it oh I did notice I did Patrick notice Patrick Stump name? isn't it and he's the singer from Fallout Boy that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Because I was listening to it, and I was like, "This something about this feels very familiar." And then I saw the name pop up, and I was like, "That's why." Well, I'm when not even the biggest um, Fallout Boy fan, but like, when it went into uh, the Vandals as well for the, one of the fight scenes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Oi to the World. I was like, "This whoever's doing the music for this has got good selections." Totally, like, he's going for it. Totally. Um, I like the, there's one bit that may really made me laugh where. Um, uh, Bruce says he's broken a few ribs and he like pulls his shirt open. It's almost like one of those uh, SpongeBob moments or Ren and Stimpy where they do like the extreme close-ups and it's like <laughs> this deformed chest where it shows all his war wounds and it's just this sagging, horrible, disgusting torso. And and like for me, like just Batman and Snow and Christmas, I think go hand yeah. in hand really totally. well. So you, yeah, like. Obviously, Batman Returns is set at Christmas. You've got uh, there's the video game Batman Arkham Origins, which is set at Christmas. You've got uh, which is the Batman comic where it's like a bit like um, Christmas Carol. I forgot what it's called now. What's oh. it called? But no, anyway, um, yeah. But the artwork's amazing in that, and it's um, like all the past people come. Like I think. Uh, this, it may have been pre-Red Hood, so I think you may have had um, uh, the you know the second Robin come back as a ghost or whatever, and kind of like you know showing Bruce the way and stuff like. That. But anyway, I'm going off on tangent. <laughs> there was that cool. Do you remember the one uh, comic book from about 18 years ago? Now is like when they did the one year later, and I think Robin's uh, kidnapped by the Joker, and he's like strapped in the front of a car. Do you remember that? And that was set during Christmas as well. I don't that was remember really good that, actually. No. It's got a really cool cover. <laughs> uh, Paul Dini wrote it, I think. But uh, yeah, but as I was saying, Batman and Christmas just go hand in hand really well, I think. I agree. I totally agree. And it just goes with that. I mean, Batman Returns is just, you know, snow globe, yeah. snow globe Batman. So... What more do I really that I'm surprised that film doesn't even start off as a snow globe and it just zooms yeah. in or zooms out at the end of the film out of the snow globe because it kind of feels like it like you like the set it's just one set it's that's that like kind of 
wide area where they have everything in there like the town meeting or the christmas tree light up and it just feels like that's the set that's that's what's in the snow globe or wayne manor's just in the in a separate snow globe or something like that you can kind of imagine the camera zooming in is it doesn't like doesn't edward scissorhands almost do that at the beginning kind of gives you that do actually inside like a snow globe you might be right actually it's been a while since i've watched that film it's a good movie It's, it's, it's it's a good film how are you feeling about um, uh, Beetlejuice 2? I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much the same, to be honest. But um, I think I years ago, it, maybe. But... I don't know. Who? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully think... it'll be good. I just can't be bothered to spend any effort on it, I think. I feel like Michael Keaton was a bit choosy a while ago about what he did, and now he's just like, oh, I'm 70-odd now, fuck it, I'll just do whatever. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> Whatever people ask me to do, I'll do now. Don't care. You used to have um you used to have a bit of a what's like kind of you used to have a bit of a kind of selection to what he's doing in career and he'd end up not winning any Oscars, so he just does whatever he wants to now. Yeah, yeah. Like he did Jack Frost and then he kind of was like, Okay, yeah, it's not a great film. <laughs> kind of went into a bit of hibernation for a while. I think he did like a Herbie film and then I think he did like White Noise or something like that. And then wasn't it White I guess. Noise 2? No, I think White Noise 2 was Jay- Nathan Fillion, wasn't it? Or something oh, like was it? Yeah, yeah you might so. be right. But, um, yeah, there was definitely a, a good 15 years w- with no Michael Keaton films. And then yeah. Birdman, everyone's favourite Birdman, came out. And, uh, I know people uh, like that movie, but it's not for me. I didn't hate it. I, but then again, I don't think I remember much about it, if I'm <laughs> perfectly honest. I just remember the music being very interesting. like The continuous uh, drums. Yeah. Uh, what other Christmas films have you been watching? Um, well, actually, I watched another one, which I almost, um, I almost thought could be like, we could change the episode to be it because it is a okay. perfect kind of depressing Christmas movie. <laughs> okay. um, but but it's from this year and I figured, you know, it's a bit boring doing a new release as one of our Christmas episodes. Maybe we'll get to it one day. But it's by our old friend Alexander Payne. It's uh, The Holdovers. Oh, okay. And it's fucking wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. It's one of the best Christmas movies I think I've ever seen. <laughs> so so what's it about? What's the premise? So you got um Paul... Paul Giamatti, who mm-hmm. is wonderful in this movie, I think he will get a, finally get a nomination. Um, Didn't he play Santa Claus once? Probably. Fred Claus. <laughs> Wasn't he in Fred Claus? I feel like he was Santa Claus in Fred Claus. Oh, is he Is he Santa Claus in Fred Claus? Yeah, yeah I think he is. I think so. Yeah. God, I forgot about Fred Claus. Oh, you sure it's I think him, ev- everyone it? has. Yeah, it is him. It is Giamatti. He looks so weird as Santa. <laughs> just Paul Giamatti like just looks weird anyway. It doesn't matter what he's dressed up like. He just looks <laughs> like what was the American Splendor? That's like that is just him in a nutshell. Like I can never not see him as Harvey P. What's his name? Harvey Peacock. Oh, whatever the guy who did Peacock. Uh, the, Peacock. Peacock. Or whatever his name is. The guy who did uh, the American Splendor comics. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was sending you a picture of Giamatti. <laughs> um, uh, so he plays like this kind of. Um, Why does it? Old... There's, there's definitely actors who look odd as Santa Claus, and that yes. is one of them. And I think in the film that we need to talk about later on, 
there's a guy who it's looks very his face is sunk in <laughs> the hat i think the hat to hair ratio the hat should fill out where the hair is do you know what i mean yes. it should feel that should have a proper silhouette to it the hair and then the hat goes in and the hair just boofs out at the side it looks looks weird <laughs> Fucking it's Vince right. Vaughn. It's not right at all. The beard well, doesn't look right in the slightest. When did Vince Vaughn decide I'm going to stop being the funny man and now I'm just going to do all these hard as nails like tough guy roles? When did that happen? He's back to being funny now. Is he? Yeah, because he did uh, what? What was he in recently? Um, Freaky. That was a comedy. Oh, was that? Um, was that? That was like the body swap mm, horror. Yeah. yeah, the body swap horror thing. Well, not yeah. Body swap, but the body swap is part of the horror. Well, he was a serial killer, though, and it wasn't he. So yeah. <laughs> um, and then what was he did another comedy recently? Queen? No, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, he's doing comedy again. <laughs> okay, back to this film. Back to the holdovers. Uh, so yeah, Paul Giamatti, wonderful, gonna get an Oscar nod. Um, yeah. He plays this instructor at like a prep school in New England. And he's forced by the headmaster to kind of stay over Christmas because there are a few students who are not going home for Christmas. Um, and they're the holdovers. And you end up kind of him being trapped with this kind of ragtag of like um, of students who are all from very different kind of privileged backgrounds and international and stuff like that. And also he's trapped there with the uh, the cook as well who's got her own story I don't want to spoil okay. too much because I didn't know anything going in so I don't really want to say too much okay, about okay. what's happening but um, basically eventually kind of forms this kind of unlike, like kind of unlikely bond with one of the students uh, who's mm-hmm. staying there who's kind of like clearly hiding troubles of his own but you don't know what they are and um, also like the school head cook and they form like a bit of a kind of found family throughout the Christmas period of this thing and um fucking rules <laughs> i think it's the best alexander payne for a movie in ages like like it's i think nebraska was good but like i think this is as good as sideways it's as good as election it's as good as citizen roof i you know yeah. d- down downsiding was a pile of shit but yeah um, downsiding was not good that's the one where he <laughs> no. shrunk and he was like yeah. in there so yeah weird film weird film and it was all about kind of human trafficking kind of for for a while i got that that film confused with the um what was the robert's was it robert zemeckis film who's who's where with the miniatures and stuff like that what was that film oh my god Um, uh what's that called again marwin welcome yeah i kept for some reason i kept getting those two films mixed up (laughs) but um I can't recommend it more. It's it absolutely, as it, you know, it's the type of film we look for at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Quite depressing, quite heavy themes, quite low keyed. The quite the color grading's a bit washed out. <laughs> like, but there's a spirit of kind of Christmas there. There's a spirit of Christmas there somewhere, you know, like hidden below it. Right. Um, and it's about how these three people start relating to each other and start kind of making their Christmas better with each other, really. And I is, just couldn't suggest it more. I think you're going to love it. Like, I can't is, wait for you to see it. Is there a drunk angel called Gideon in it at all? <laughs> Not, uh, there might be, but he didn't announce himself on screen. I can't stop but looking at this poor Giamatti Santa picture <laughs> because... 
not only does the hair like stick out and then the the white bit of the hat is oddly placed then the red bit is like juts in as well it, it <laughs> i can't stop looking at it it looks so weird it looks like he's got a bib on as well it does <laughs> this, oh, everything just looks wrong <laughs> everything about it like, looks wrong when did when, this film is like about what 2010 2007 Seven, yeah, it was a bad time for films then, wasn't it? Sure, like I know there was some <laughs> great films. Zodi- Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, Zodiac and things like that were good, but like big vehicle films sometimes were just pretty. <laughs> What's this one you've said? <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> There's a picture of Paul Giamatti sitting in a chair with a big fat suit on, wearing like a just like I guess like. Santa's casuals, and he's obviously you know he, he's got you know he looks fat like fingers. <laughs> what looks like Bram Stoker's Dracula? He does actually. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, we we should have done. I've Fred never seen. I've never seen Fred Claus. The, I I tell a lie. When I worked in the video shop, it was one of those films we had to have on to like advertise because for some reason they bought like twenty copies of it. And it was always on in the background, but I never paid attention to it. It just looked awful. I have... I, you know, last year I got the flu on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, so I just stayed in and watched, like, movies in bed. Fred Sounds Claus like a good was one day, of the to movies I watched. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> Damn. That was my, my first time I ever saw it last year. So yeah, I like I said, I haven't really watched anything else. Um, I watched a few of the Hallmark ones, or not necessarily Hallmark ones, but you know those kind of mm. Christmas films that could be set at any time of the year, really. But it just has Christmas things. It's always about a mute, uh, meet cute of two people yeah. who accidentally meet. And um... I've watched, I watched two of those. So I, I watched. They're both kind of sapphic movies by the same <laughs> director. So I watched City of Trees and Looking for Her. <laughs> And they're both by this kind of actor, director, editor, um, Alexandra Swarens. Swarens? I don't know how to mm-hmm. say it. I haven't actually heard her say it out loud. Um, City of Trees is a very, very kind of amateur, um, like independent film. You know, it feels, the sound's kind of off. Everyone feels like amateur actors. Um, it feels, it's a very your first movie script type script as well. Um, and but very on the nose and a bit precious and or a bit you know it's always a bit kind of heart wrenching a little bit digging a little too deep thinking it's got to have something to say and it's got some trauma yeah. in it kind of thing that kind of stuff and then there's looking for which her which we're 100% is... guilty of <laughs> oh yeah totally and uh, looking for her which is kind of like the hallmark version of City of Trees oh okay <laughs> so, it's kind of this. It's got all the same weird problems. Like every single scene is a little too airy. Like, and I can't tell if it's the script, it's the acting, or the editing that's making everything airy. But it's like this needed to be kind of tightened up more. It doesn't feel like there's any kind of banter here. It feels like just lines happening back and forth. Um, but it's got that kind of hallmark glean to it. And um, City of Trees is about like kind of twenty something. I think they're about and they're thirty. Um, woman who goes back to her small hometown for the holidays oh, they're always first. about someone who goes back home <laughs> it's the first time she's been back in like you know several years and she's got a high profile job in the big city that they, it's all they talk about um she's got a t- 
ton of like hometown trauma that just kind of drags down the whole movie um and then she kind of meets an old someone she went to high school with olivia who they start forming a you know a kind of relationship i guess is the kind of way it works out the it's fact got... you know all their names is <laughs> <laughs> oh, well olivia's the actress i'm not actually sure who the character was called um Oh, you know that because they're in both movies as well. Oh, okay. (laughs) And uh, it's funny that they have a scene in City of Trees, which is one of the most baffling (laughs) scenes I've ever seen. I paused the movie to have a think about it. So they're both kind of... um, They both accidentally meet at the grocery store. One of them's buying... I can't remember the other one's buying celery. She makes a really good point. Big point, she's buying celery. And... uh, they ask if they want each of them want a coffee. So they get so the next scene, they have a coffee, they're sitting in the car together and they're both complaining how the coffee's really bad. And then on the stereo comes, like on the car stereo, comes a kind of, I don't know, singer-songwriter version of Silent Night. It's very much just Silent Night. And one of the girls is like, oh, I love this song. And the other one goes to talk and she goes, no, no, shh, listen to this bit. And then turns up, like cranks up Silent Night. <laughs> 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 so then they both sit in silence, like listening to Silent Night. <laughs> and I'm like, I've done that many a time. Have you, have you not done that? <laughs> no one has ever cranked up Silent Night. No one's like, oh, I love this song. This I love this one. Never heard this one before. Have you? Do you know this? <laughs> I was just like, what? is this just a product of having to get a song to play in the scene or something? I just thought it was so fucking funny. I couldn't Didn't stop it? thinking about it. Didn't Suf Jan Stevens do a Christmas album once? I can't remember if it was when like, I went I, when I went pottery painting the other day. Yeah. Um, which, talking of Christmas lesbians, <laughs> like, <laughs> me and my girlfriend going to the pottery painting cafe at Christmas was it just it's just where all the lesbians in Brighton were. <laughs> every table was another lesbian couple, and every person that came in the shop to collect the pottery was like a lesbian couple. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, wait, so this is where they all hang out. This is fun. <laughs> Did you enjoy pottery painting? Is it your first time or? Yeah, it's my first. I had a really good time actually. You have to I had show a, me a I, picture of your. I had a weird. I stressed artwork. out when I first got there because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't got any ideas. Like, my brain is completely dead. And then, like, so I was sitting there kind of trying to Google it, like, what does a bowl look like? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like. I, I have massive panic when I do things like that because without, you know, I can draw is what I do for a living. And yeah. everyone always looks at me as if to say, oh, what are you going to do? <laughs> Go on then. And, yeah. then. and then I get like the crippling, like, uh, what do you call it? Like imposter syndrome. And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know what to do now. I don't know how to draw. What do I do? How do I do it? What is a bowl? What is, what is a plate? Uh, and then I just paint Batman on it because I'm like, I just like freeze. I painted like the most spring like pattern in the world. I did like kind of like pastel flowers in the center of this bowl. And I was like, it's fucking Christmas. And I did the most, the least wintry thing <laughs> that's ever like been done. <laughs> do, you, do you remember we worked at Music Zone and um, mm-hmm. we were, uh, there was the uh, staff room and I'd scribbled on a newspaper my Christmas list of what I'd ha- who I'd had to buy for and what, you know, what I needed to get and stuff. And I forgot I left it in there. 
and everyone was trying to figure out who did the Christmas list. <laughs> I think you looked at it and you're like, hmm. well, my name's on it. And there's a picture of Batman right next to it. So, so the powers of deduction. It's Ollie's. <laughs> and then um, looking for her, the next movie yeah. is about a high-powered business lady Comes back home to a Taylor. hometown. Well, not yet. <laughs> um, she gets invited to come back home oh, to, okay, to okay. her parents for Christmas, and they're like, and her parents are finally accepting that she is like dating a woman. So, says, oh, so like, these are all like LGBT ones. That's, that's cool. Oh, they're both lesbian. They're both sapphic like lesbian Christmas movies. <laughs> oh, okay. So, are these one would okay? Would Channel Five or Channel Four play these? Do you reckon or the they're, I don't know. I think Hallmark would probably play them if I'm honest. That's cool but though. I think that's really City cool. of Trees is very amateur. I can't imagine many people picking it up. It's a very independent filming. But looking for her right. would just fit in onto any any Christmas like yeah. kind of rom com channel. I think really, it just slots right in. Um, I I preferred City of Trees. I have to say. Oh really? <laughs> like it, but um, I think look, it just had more to it than it had more cute scenes. Really, we're looking for her. I, um, so. They're finally like, you can bring your girlfriend Jess, but she broke up with Jess, and but and she doesn't want to kind of. Her parents are finally accepting that she has like a girlfriend, so right. she's like, well, like, I I can't I I, I want to kind of take this opportunity to introduce them to like a part of my life. So she opens up auditions to for someone to play her girlfriend Jess, and in steps um. Uh, uh, Olive, <laughs> yes, Olive. Okay. I feel like I've seen this film a million times. This yes. kind of this plot. Who is a out of worked actress who's got a broken car, which I can relate to. My car hasn't worked in months, and um, and she she says she'll play Jess and go back to the Chris for her family for Christmas, and blah 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 blah. The end of falling in love, and it was I, I enjoyed it just fine, but it was just it just. My main problem with it is needed a bit of like umph to it. Mm. Like it needed a bit of star casting, I think, in the family. Like if they could have got some old, like known actors to play some of their parents, that could have given it a little bit of a kind oh, of Oh like book. who 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 would you who would you cast who would be like your <laughs> God I don't know. Anyone. Like anyone from any film. You just need to go, Oh, it's her. Like I can't think of the top of my head anyone that would do it. <laughs> and I just again the editing and the script, it was all a bit breathy. Uh, it just all kind yeah. of like sometimes it didn't know where the joke was. <laughs> like the, but, the, was there was there a scene where they go to like a Christmas kind of crafting event? Because they always seem to have those in like these Hallmark movies. Course, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Do you reckon they just have a couple of sets and they just kind of like reuse them for all these <laughs> films? They like have the same like you could watch like five or six of these films. Like if you were to if you were to put them on on a on a different channels, but at the same time and you flick between them, I think it'd feel like the same film anyway. Like the way they progress and the way the characters are and stuff like that. And yeah, they always have like the most over the top decorations in the living room but not only that it's like their bedrooms are decorated and they have decorations now on their bedside table like I don't know about you I've never decorated a bedroom with Christmas ornaments I that always, seems like 
I always put some decorations in my bedroom. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I, I always have a Christmas calendar, you know, like a chocolate calendar because I'm oh, five like an years advent old. calendar. Yeah, yeah. So I always I'm have one of those. Them this year. No. And one then the year... other one I watched, which I didn't know was going to be a lesbian movie, but it was. Um, okay. Was uh, It's a Wonderful Knife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which. Oh. It sounds like a joke from the film that we watched today, almost, for the film that yeah. was being. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you got Winnie, and yeah. beginning of the film, she stops this serial killer on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to a year later, and her life's a mess. Like, uh, so she she kind of wishes she was never born. Okay. And she then and then she enters like a a nightmarish parallel universe where she wasn't born, but that means the killer was never stopped, and like the whole town's different and and changed and blah 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 blah, and she has to stop the killer again, and uh. Hang on, how does she stop? How is she if she asked wish she was never born? How does she still exist then? Don't think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one knows who she is. No one's ever oh, known okay. that she just happens to be in this parallel universe where she, like she never existed. Oh, um, okay. Get you. I get you. But you got um, uh, Justin Long in it. Oh yeah. Joe McHale. Okay. William B. Davis. Yeah. <laughs> and uh... Hello, it's Ollie here uh, from the future. I am currently editing the podcast as I speak. And uh, you may have just heard Lena say the name William B. Davis. William B. Davis is famous for playing the cigarette smoking man in the X-Files. Now, if you know anything about me, any opportunity I have to bring up either Batman or the X-Files, I will do so gladly. We've already talked about Batman already. And today's episode actually has a strong connection with the X-Files, and that is that Mark Snow, who did the music for the X-Files, also did the music for Ernie Saves Christmas, and I totally forgot to mention it in the main review. But now I've managed to shoehorn Batman and X-Files into a podcast. Let's get back to the episode. It's not very good, unfortunately. Oh. (laughs) I was really looking forward to it. I heard the plot description. I was like, I'm up for that. That's a good idea. And I was really kind of amped for it. And I put it on and it just is just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And they're not doing enough. And it's really disappointing. And it's kind of not it's silly, but it's it just, you know, the all the fucking wheels fall off the wagon by the kind of halfway through the movie. And it's still pretending it's chugging along. Um, which was a shame. I was really looking forward to it. But I love those kind of high concept slasher movies like happy death day and stuff like that and i haven't seen thanksgiving but i've been wanting to watch thanksgiving um so i was really looking forward to it but it just doesn't really doesn't really come together i'm afraid to Uh, say have you like this is not a christmas film in the slightest and it's got um judy judy greer in it and i don't know if you've heard of this film but it sounds really interesting it's called aporia have you heard of it no and it's like a time travel film where this guy invents a time travel machine, but it can't send a person back or anything like that. It kind of sends like a neutron back or whatever, but it's so powerful and it sends some since it sends it back in time. It kind of kills a person. So it's kind of all about this woman whose husband was killed by a drunk driver, and they send back a, a neutron to to kill the drunk driver so it couldn't kill her husband and it's got these it's meant to be really uh, interesting Crazy. it's a bit yeah it's meant to be like a very like 
down-to-earth sci-fi film even though it's got a heavy sci-fi premise it's not like a a crazy time like a time travel machine or anything like yeah. that it's a bit more you know a bit butterfly effect but that sounds i just love time travel stuff and uh, wishing, yeah that sounds you know fun. that kind of i, I, I don't know why that fun. film that you were talking about just spurred on me thinking <laughs> about that but it just rem- reminded that i want to watch that film aporia came out this year aporia. See, yeah i don't think judy, it was like a massive film judy greer could be good mom in, in rom-com yeah, she's a really good like character actress. I think she's she she's done a lot of good stuff, hasn't she? She was in um, Arrested Development. Is that right? No. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. But and lots of things. Oh, speaking of other films I've watched, not Christmas films, but I finally watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three because she's actually in that. Is she? Yeah, she voices Warpig. <laughs> Does she? I only saw that in her IMDb. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know who Warpig is. But um, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was better than the second one. Yeah, it is definitely better than the second one. I agree. Uh, the only thing that I... They separated the team for too long in the film. They were like, you know, for the last film, do you really want to separate them for that long? But That's fair. And, but um, I've definitely found Drax less annoying in this film than I have <laughs> in other Guardians and uh, Avengers films. And... Um, the I dog's like, amazing. Oh, the I dog's the dog. amazing, yes. I think, like, I feel like um, no one else can write them apart from James Gunn, and every single appearance they've had outside of the Guardian movies have been awful. I think they're terrible in, like, the, the Thor movies. I but didn't then, see I think, them in Thor. But I think James Gunn gets it right, I think. Well, I just think, like, because the, the versions in the comic, the, the versions in the comic and the film are very different, aren't they? And yeah. He just set the tone for that first film that he made, and that's kind of that's what they are now. I think even the comics have probably gone more that way. And the video game that came out a couple of years ago is very much based on James Gunn interpretation of the characters. And um, yeah, it's all kind of seeped in now. And um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And like, I'm a sucker for animal stuff, and it proper got me. All the- yeah. Totally. the lab testing and especially because the one character is like a an otter or whatever and like I just can't help but not see my dog in that <laughs> face <laughs> so I was just like <laughs> as soon as I saw it I was like oh got me and it kind of reminded me a bit of that comic book um, We Three yeah I thought of We Three instantly as well which I'm surprised um, I guess it's probably hard to adapt that and like It'd cost a lot of money to do, and would it, it would cost a ton. Yeah, would it get a return? But, mm. but um, but you'd have to good... expand it as well because it's such a short story. Yeah, I mean, if if anyone hasn't has no idea what We Three is, it's but it's a book by um, oh, fuck who wrote it? It was um, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison and the art by Frank Quigley, and it's um, he's one of my favorite comic book artists, and it's about these like three tests animals and they're kind of got these huge war machines built into them basically or around these big huge mechanical suits the animals still intact inside of it but they're all like connected to it by wires and stuff and it's pretty messed up (laughs) but they're like kind of the army testing out new ways of like weaponizing animals aren't they and uh, yeah or at least testing them on animals for maybe doing it to humans later yeah 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 and um, um 
it kind of gives the kind of animals like consciousness because they can talk through the kind of machines and stuff like that. Yeah, very basic, but they can kind of, yeah, they're like good dog (laughs) and things like that. And they, yeah, they turn on the kind of creators and stuff. It's so good. It's very violent, very graphic as well, (laughs) but but it's a good book. Um, Yeah, have you watched anything else? I mean, that's it for Christmas movies. I've been watching a lot, but I figured I'd just talk about the Christmas things I've been watching and hopefully a lot more we've got because I'm going to be in New Jersey for Christmas Day so New we, we've um we've come up with six Christmas movies we're going to watch okay um, over like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and uh see what you think like of this on, this lineup hit me so we for we're going to do obviously Muppets Christmas Carol yeah is, is going to be there uh we're going to do Tokyo Godfathers because okay yeah yeah I really want to see the uh the g kids cut and you rent in america so what's <laughs> that when Ex- over there. explain what that is so um tokyo godfathers has a very weird release history that when it was released back in 2002 is it from 2003 yeah, it's around i think then. um it, it, the america when the americans got their hold hands on it they kind of did a weird thing with both the dubbing and the subtitling and they kind of i don't believe you they'd never do that <laughs> But the, what, what it kind of ended up with is the character of Hana, which is like a she, she's an um, ex-drag queen who's living on the streets as a woman now. Like she's a trans woman. They kind of put, they kind of translated the words that was in Japanese there, which kind of just meant queen in the same way like 80s kind of, 80s trans women called each other queen. It kind of just means that. They translated it to a ton of slurs. So it's and and she refers to herself as a man quite a lot of times in both the dub and the um, subtitles, and it's not really in the original script. It probably was the American translators kind of bringing their own kind of bullshit to this script to oh, try okay. and make it work for audiences. So G Kids recently got their hands on it for the twentieth anniversary, and they've redubbed it and resubtitled it. One of the changes is the they got actually got a trans actress to play the character now in in the dub. And I okay, think that's... And, and maybe the original, but I can't remember. But definitely in the dub, and um, and they've retranslated it to kind of iron out those kind of weird choices that the subtitles made through the kind of translation. So, you kind of ironing out those weird slurs that were in there for absolutely no reason. And right. Okay. I'm really looking because I love the movie anyway. It always worked for me, even with the weirdness of the kind of I'm, subtitles. I'm glad but... you said this to me because I literally had no idea about any of that, and so that's that's. <laughs> That's really interesting. It's really cool. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to kind of seeing it and and kind of seeing what they do with it. But I think it's for me, it's one of the most perfect like Christmas stories. I love found family stories. I'm I like they're my favorite, and this is a proper like ragtag found family at Christmas. They look after a baby, which is very Christmas, and they're all just trying to kind of you know survive and help each other, and and it's all set in Tokyo at Christmas. It's I couldn't recommend it more. I love it. Um, so yeah that'd be on the list uh, then White Christmas which I've never seen but um, right, okay. Paz loves it so we're going to put it on the list uh, The Holiday which I fucking love <laughs> so, White Christmas hang on that's the one with um, yeah Bing, Bing Crosby, Crosby and that is, yeah is that and one yeah there's not a lot of Christmas in it really White Christmas yeah I don't know because I've actually never seen it I don't I I'm trying. don't know yeah, I think I don't it's, know if it's I think all the, just vibes. Yeah, because I watched it for the first time last year, and I'm pretty sure the Christmas it's it's the end of the film. It's like all building up to that, and it's the end of the okay. Film. But, I won't, but I won't spoil it for you. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, anyway, sorry, so White Christmas. Yeah, what was after that? The holiday, 
The Holiday. Yeah, I hated The Holiday. I know you love it. <laughs> and uh, Carol. Oh, yeah. Which is, Great film. Which is a wonderful movie. And yeah. then Shop Around the Corner as well. Shop Around the Corner. Which one's that one? It's um, the Cary Grant Christmas movie. Oh, okay. I've never seen that one. It's the other film by the um, Wilder, Willie Wilder, who made um, Thingy Bob. <laughs> uh, it's a it's wonderful directed life. By it's his, yeah, it's his other one. It says directed by Ernst... Oh, am I reading the, Yeah, Ernst... Oh, Lube, Ernst Lubchick. Lubchick, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Ernst Lubchick, sorry. I was mixing it up. I think I was mixing it up with Holiday. So what's that one about? Oh, I don't know. It's literally that okay. I don't know. There's <laughs> Fair a, enough. I literally think it's about a shop around the corner. It's a rom com. That's it's like the people that come into oh, the shops and they fall. It's in the love film that you got mailed is based on, isn't it? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Okay, interesting. All right. And that's our, that's going to be our Christmas list for those two days. That sounds good. I like that list. It's very good. I approve. <laughs> You get my stamp of approval. So, so uh, should we get in today's movie then that we're actually going to be talking about? I think we definitely should. So, yeah, today we are talking about a little man who saved Christmas <laughs> in called Ernest eighty-eight. Yeah, called Ernest saves Christmas. In the past, there have been many traditional ways to celebrate Christmas. With songs, with gifts, with family and friends. There's a new way. Ho, 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 Bert. With Ernest. <laughs> Ernest P. Worrell. <laughs> He's back. Know what I mean? Back to save Santa. Santa's in the slammer. Look at those beady, twinkling eyes. Back to save Christmas. <laughs> Back to save face. You dead meat. That's life for you. Isn't she a doll? Ernest <laughs> G. Laurel. Mr. Sunshine. In the mission they said couldn't be done. On Comet. On Cupid. On Donder. In the movie they said shouldn't be done. Sophie, Ruffy, uh, uh, blister. <laughs> you guys say you have a problem with reindeer? <laughs> Trim the tree. Light the candle. Deck the hall. And hit the deck. Cause Ernest P. Oral's coming to town. And he's coming with colorful cards and festively wrapped packages. Air brakes. <laughs> Ernest saves Christmas. So Ernest saves Christmas is the second movie in the Ernest franchise it's not that it's not the it's not technically the second film with Ernest in though because I think there were two films in the early 80s that he's in there's one but it's yeah I, there's I, one there's one or two but they're like a ske- yeah. not sketch but he plays lots of characters I think doesn't he yeah he does a he like, does a, a just, he like a general a, like, he plays and stuff like that. And... <laughs> I was going to say, does an Eddie Murphy? <laughs> does he do it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, dress up as Eddie Murphy? What? Oh, don't tell me he does that. <laughs> yeah, because okay, yeah. there, there was a movie called Dr. Otto in the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. We'll get into the That's history it. of Ernest. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is the second, the second Ernest movie 
1988, and the plot of it is very simple. Ernest, good old Ernest, he's a cab driver, he picks up Santa, Santa's dying or something, and <laughs> Ernest helps Santa find a replacement. Hey, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's dying. That's that's making it sound more like the previous films we watched in other years. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... He, th- you find out throughout the course of the film that Santas have only got so long; their magic only lasts for so long, and they have to Which pass is depressing. it on. To it is a little bit, to be fair. It's needlessly depressing. <laughs> they could, they could have just wrote it as if, like, to say, "I've had my time now. It's time for a new Santa Claus." But he's like, "No, no, no. <laughs> I'm losing I'm, my marbles." He's like, "I'm got, losing my marbles." He's got like, Santa dementia. <laughs> um, Santa, of course, played by Douglas Seal. Was it Searle? Do you know what? Who... Throughout the whole film, I was like, I know this guy from someone. I know this <laughs> And I was thinking, he's Gwildor in Masters of the Universe. And then, oh my God. <laughs> and then I looked him up on IMDb. He's not. He wasn't Gwildor. <laughs> but he's the he... Sultan. Sultan, yeah, in the Latin. Yeah. It's the same voice. It's so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I knew it from somewhere, and that was what it was. Um... But yeah, Ernest, I can't... I'll be honest, I suggested this movie because I thought it'd be good to do a 90s Christmas movie because I think we've only ever done 80s Christmas movies. Um, well, this is an 80s Christmas movie. And yeah, it's an 80s Christmas movie. Because <laughs> I'm dumb. But I thought I just thought the Ernest franchise was a 90s franchise. I didn't actually know it was as old as it is. And I yeah. didn't really understand the full history of Ernest until I kind of started looking it up for this... Um, for this podcast but do you know the full history like so shall i give you a pre a, a brief rundown of how Ernest came to be well you can kind of correct me if i'm wrong i'm not so i only know the broad strokes so i remember watching a youtube video long a while ago it may have been like an Ernest iceberg or something you know these iceberg videos <laughs> and like so it's my vague recollection of it but I know that Jim Varney was an actor in the 70s and did a lot of, like, TV stuff. Yeah, uh, nothing, TV, no, yeah. nothing like, major. I think he did some theatre and stuff like that. But then I'm I'm not entirely sure how Ernest P... What's his name? P... Per P. Worrell. Like, came to be. But I just know he was famous for, like, doing regional ad... Like, regional adverts in America. So in one state, he'll be advertising oil in another one he'll be advertising <laughs> yeah. cigarettes or something i don't know and he's always talking to this imaginary guy advertising called... oil i know there was no there was one oh, what did he he did something i don't know come get your oil <laughs> hang on let me have a look uh <laughs> let's look at jim varney's do you know what jim varney this is this is gonna sound really weird but i always thought uh uh, <laughs> Ernest was like a real ugly guy, but Jim Varney's not an ugly guy. No, nah, really. Jim Varney's hot. He is. But he, but he's he's got a, like a Jim Carrey rubber face where he can yeah. kind of like contort it to make it look weird. But he's quite a handsome Absolutely. guy. He is totally a handsome guy. He's totally got leading man looks. He's quite handsome in um the Beverly Hillbillies, which that was, I, did in I enjoyed that. <laughs> and uh. And and in Ernest Goes to Jail, he plays evil Ernest in it. <laughs> <laughs> like Negger Negger Ernest. Like. Well, I don't know. If, I think I don't know what he's called, but he plays like a criminal that looks like Ernest. So they swap places, and he goes out into the world, and Ernest gets locked in jail. And uh, 
like evil Ernest is quite hot. Like, because he's not doing like the the Ernest rubber face. He's just being like Jim Varney. I hope he's got like a little moustache like Spock. You know the. So, all right, okay. So I know that he did dairy adverts and stuff like gas company and like a food company and stuff like that. But they're always like ones that are in a certain area. So it's not like a global advert, like a Coca-Cola that went like whole nationwide. It was generally like well, he, a southern he, thing. Or, yeah, he you're, kind of, you're kind of right. So like, so yeah, he was, he got hired by a Nashville ag- agency. So it was a local agency. And him and the director of all these films, uh, John Cherry, I think his name is. So he did all the adverts as well. and all the films. Yeah, he did all the adverts. Both of them have worked on everything together. Um, they uh, they just started doing a ton of like adverts for whoever would pick them up. So the first ever one was advertising an appearance of the the um, Cowboys cheerleaders, I think, or something. Okay. Um, something weird like that, anyway, uh, for like a amusement park. And then the um, and then he got picked up to do stuff like dairy shots. But then like Coca Cola would advertise him, get him to do like uh, sodas checks with cereals taco johns stuff like that there were national chains but the way that advertising worked in the kind of 80s was you wouldn't really have a ton of national adverts really you'd have yeah. well you would but it was much more common to do local advertising because cable wasn't quite as big and there was still network and stuff blah 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 blah, blah. one of my, <laughs> fav- one of my favorite you YouTube- one of my favorite youtube channels is it's one called found footage fest and um, yeah. they have a show called um uh, oh god, my mind's gone dead now. But anyway, basically, they've been around for twenty years, and I think they they have something to do with the film Winnebago Man. Do you remember Winnebago? Yes, Man? yes, totally. Yeah, and um, so I th- I don't know if they're the ones who found the tape, but they've got like fifteen thousand VHS tapes, and a lot of them are just adverts. So if you watch their weekly show, they show a load of these like re- like local regional yeah. adverts, and they're amazing and like. These earnest ones just fit right into it. Into and that like, style, yeah. Yeah. And I think he may have done like stingers as well, like, you know, not not necessarily like MTV, but like for kids TV or something like up next. Yeah, is, totally. Blah 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 blah. Like things like that and things before the show and afterwards. And yeah. like so the way they were all shot, these earnest commercials, were they were from a point of view of this character Vern, which they would be played by the camera. And then Ernest was his neighbour and would come over and would be tr- like selling Vern something. But you kind of get the idea that Vern hates Ernest, but Ernest just has no clue. He's just completely like doesn't get any kind of social vibes from that. And uh, he would kind of come in and just just absolutely monologue to the screen and the camera would kind of try and move and escape and stuff like that. And chaos would happen. And he'd always kind of finish it with like, uh, "Know what I mean?" was his phrase. I'm not doing that. Know what I mean, Vern? But But it was like Vern would never talk. It was just a monologue. And apparently, um, Jim Varney, very good actor, very good learner of lines. He would literally just come in, read a script, and they would film like 25 of these in a day. And he would just go through it over and over again with the same script, but with different product placement in each one. So it would be like Coke or it'd be this dairy product or whatever. And he would just do the same thing and they'd do that 25 times and it would show everywhere. 
So they were regional adverts, but they weren't. They were like there wasn't like one national advert, but he would be all around they, the country. They definitely found like their little niche, like their way to make a buck, mm-hmm. didn't they? With that, that was that's genius. That's like some entrepreneurship. That is, it, it really is. Yeah. Um, basically, what happened is he became so popular, especially like with kids. Really, um, they wanted to move him into doing nationals, but because of all the weird little like contracts that were signed with this Nashville company and with many different regional kind of companies they couldn't actually move him into doing national adverts and they couldn't find a way to move the character into doing stuff away from those adverts because they were tied up with so many contracts because they were advertising for so many kind of properties so it ended up with them they just tried to do let's do a feature film with Jim Varney and they did a science fiction kind of history kind of thing called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam, which Jim Varney plays 70,000 characters, and one of them is uh, one of them is Ernest in it. It's a very weird fucking character film. Honestly, it's... It, I, I, love, I, I love the title of that film. It reminds me of, ah, uh, what's it called? The one that's got Peter Weller in and Christopher Lloyd. Um, it's written by the same ooh. guys that did Big Trouble in Little China. What's it called? My mind's got... Oh, my, God, my I don't is, know. I'm, I swear I need to get... My, some Buckaroo Banzai, do you mean? Yeah, like Buckaroo Banzai, <laughs> like really okay. like crazy names and like yeah, the yeah. US, you know the the weird owl video. like weird owl kind of seems to fit in with this kind of niche oh, a little totally. bit and um, yeah, uh, you know they had U F U H F his like UHF, whatever, yeah yeah his like feature film and stuff yeah so it kind of feels like a very similar kind of thing. But you get the, this is the plot for Doctor Otto, evil baddie Doctor Otto von Schlick Ickick tries to take over the planet by first destroying all of the world's financial systems and collapsing the world economy and sending populations across the globe into mass panic. And only one goody good can stop him, or can he? Like, <laughs> that's a but, that's a weird plot for so like is, this title. Ernest is not the goody good in that. Is he just like a character in it? Ernest is a costume that's worn by um, Dr. Otto, I think, like in so disguise. Was, would that have been prior to doing the adverts, do you reckon? No, or? no, that was after the adverts. That was their oh, okay. first attempt to kind of do something that moved him beyond the adverts. And it, didn't, su- it kind of su- didn't really work, basically. I'm surprised they didn't so, do Ernest as the main character then. That was, that's weird. I think it's because the rights were all... Because he doesn't, oh, they he doesn't called Ernest in it, but the rights were all tied up into weird stuff. They couldn't work it out for whatever the film would be. So they're uh, like they put him in the costume and saying, "You know who this is, don't you?" Wink, yeah, wink. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. And uh, then when that didn't work, they kind of they got a t- sketch comedy series called Hey Vern, It's Ernest, which was um, run and which ended up getting Varney like an Emmy for that performance, this, <laughs> like a daytime Emmy. This seems and like that was Pee Wee's the- Playhouse era kind of thing, maybe again totally. like another similar kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Same kind of thing. Probably very, very similar. I mean, you're talking about 88, so, like, yeah. there is a ton of, like, and it's just sketch. It's one season, I think, 13 episodes, and it's just different sketches and different characters, and, and one of them, I think the show is hosted by Ernest, kind of. Right. Um, oh, by the way, going all... back to back to Christmas, if you haven't seen the Pee Wee's <laughs> holiday, Christmas special, please watch it. It's oh, awesome. totally. It's so good. Anyway, continue. Um, <laughs> at the same time, they they managed to sort out the idea of putting him into films instead of trying to make like their like their own kind of uh, national commercials, and that's when right. they come up with 
Ernest Goes to Camp, and that becomes the first uh, Ernest movie. And, and you watched um, this one, didn't you? I did watch it. I found it kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Why it then? was fine. Give, give us I a little just, review. I think the same as this. I find the Ernest character kind of confusing. I'm not totally sure where the humour's always coming from. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's he it, it, it has a lot of this kind of. He suddenly switches into like smart Alec mode and goes onto big like, um, big kind of monologues about like how systems work whilst things are being destroyed. I can I can see why kids would find it funny, but I just don't. It it didn't really work for me. I think for kids, all you have to do is put a stupid face at the end of whatever you say, and then it yeah, yeah, exactly. really just works. Yeah. It's like Jim Carrey but, and Ace Ventura just gurning all the time, and then <laughs> that that makes kids laugh. But Ernest goes to camp isn't. It's not bad. It's it's fine. I can see why it works as like an eighties kind of kids movie. It's it's fine. What's the okay, what's so the rough plot? Then of they that did. One, then? then they did ten Ernest movies, and <laughs> I don't know if you know what they are, but I want you to guess. <laughs> What All right. Ernest so, Adventure is. So obviously so the first one is Ernest Goes to Camp, which, yeah. as it sounds like, he's a camp counsellor. That's it. That's all we need to know. That's it. That was the whole thing. Are there any crossover characters, by the way, in, in these films? Uh, there are actors, but not any characters. There are like okay. a little collection of like, actors that do show up in most of them. Okay. Then there's Ernest Saves Christmas, obviously. There is. Yeah. Ernest Goes to Jail, is that one? Yes. That's the next one, yeah. Um, I know there's one called Ernest Goes to Africa which sounds very problematic and I don't know <laughs> that's, that's the 1997 one that's that one feels of the like, director videos ones wasn't there a Tim Allen film a bit like that which I don't know that seems in that same Jungle era. to Jungle are you yeah. talking Jungle to Jungle I don't know maybe I don't know <laughs> There's def- there's some basketball there's ones a, and things like that I mean there's a, a um, there's an Ace Ventura one like that oh yeah I forgot about that one <laughs> That one's pretty bad, yeah, in retrospect. Um, and the first so one, to be fair. He, he, um, Hang on, let me think of... There's def- I, I want there to be, but there isn't. I want there to be an Ernest Goes to Space, but I don't think there is one. <laughs> no. So there I've said be. Jail, Africa. Um, Ernest... Um, Uh, Ernest goes to Toy Story. Ah, oh, there's got to be a horror one. Yes. Ernest... Ernest scared stupid. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's ninety one. Then nineteen ninety three. I'm gonna. I ha- he isn't a goes to. It's just called Ernest rides again. There's so ah. It's... Is there like a Billy Madison one? Yes. 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 School Ernest school goes to one. school. <laughs> ninety four. Yeah, okay. Is that all of them? No. Nineteen ninety five. Um. He um, has something in common with a dog. With and a dog? The, the rules, yeah, a dog. And the rule books don't stop the dog from doing this. <laughs> I know he plays Slinky Dog. No. Uh, nothing to do with Slumpy Slinky Dog. It's the a dog. sport film. Okay. Oh, it's not a basketball-like one, is it? Yes. Slam Dunk Ernest. <laughs> like, in the 90s, it was all about basketball, wasn't it? it They're always, like, basketball films. I'm sure there's one where Whoopi Goldberg... Not Whoopi Goldberg. is the last one. Yeah. Who's, no, the woman from Cheers. She, yeah, the yeah. woman from Cheers goes to... There's a basketball one. But anyway. 1998, Ernest joins up with an institution that a lot of actors seem to end up doing these type oh. of movies. Is it a bit like a Paulie Shaw one, maybe? It is a bit like a Paulie Shaw or a Bill Murray or a... 
An army. It's got to be an army one. Like I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Ernest in the army. That was the last Ernest, one. Ernest in major pain. <laughs> and there were apparently a thousand unwritten, unfilmed ones that was like Ernest the bellhop, Ernest in paradise. Uh, there was an Ernest lost in space one. As oh you're saying. come on! You why did got I do it? that? Uh, I mean, Ernest and the Voodoo the Curse was one. I mean, looking at the effects budget they had for this Christmas one, I'm kind of not surprised they didn't do a space one, <laughs> especially when they went straight to video and they probably had like a nickel to make the entire film. But like, I am, um, I felt like because you've already mentioned it that Jim Varney ends up doing uh, Slinky Dog in Toy Story, and that's kind of how I knew uh, like Jim Varney more than anything. But I did know Jim Varney as Ernest, even though I don't. This character isn't anything to me. Like, I just don't I think, think he was big in the seen... UK, really, was he? You know, it's not. No, and I don't think I don't really know. I was. This is this has been my mystery over the last couple of days to try and work out why, as a kid, I knew who Ernest was, or at least more, why did I know who Ernest was when he was definitely in the Sim- Toy Story. There was definitely um, a reference in the Simpsons. I'm pretty sure there's yeah. been some Ernest stuff, and maybe Beavis and Butthead. There is. There's a fucking huge Beavers and Birds like joke about him. Yeah, like, and I think that's where I'm getting it from. There's a there's a whole thing where um, Ernest is inside the Statue of Liberty and he uh, enters um, a sign that says "Do not enter" and he falls out the um, he, he he misreads it as donut entry and he fall, he comes through and he falls out the nose of the Statue of Liberty. That's in Beavers and Birds. <laughs> you need, but like. He also played. He was one of the carnies in um, Simpsons when it's when the carnies take over the Simpsons house. He plays one of the carnies in that. Um, but there's also a ton of fake Ernest films in the Simpsons. So there's like Ernest needs a kidney. Ernest versus the Pope. Ernest goes to Broadway. Ernest goes straight to video. And Ernest goes somewhere cheap. But like um, they could be legitimate Ernest films. <laughs> You're like, yep, they that's an Ernest film. Yep, totally. Did you hear? I think I told you about this one, but um, again, I, I'm a fan of that YouTube channel called Found Footage Fest and their um, weekly show called um, VCR Party. That's what it's called. And they showed a clip from this videotape that's an hour long, and it's like a this videotape is a competition, and you have to count the amount of times he says "Hey Vern." <laughs> and if you ever, it's on YouTube. It's an hour long. I'll send you the link later on. It's insane. I might put some clips on here because yeah, it's sure. like Vern, 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 Vern. So you have to watch this whole tape and count every single time. I think there may be another thing that you have to count as well. And then you have to then send off at the end to to wherever, you know, P.O. Box address in the hopes that you're going to win the 10 grand from watching this VHS. 2020, 2030. Hey, Vern, win $10,000. It's all part of my new smash video called, ironically... Win $10,000. Yes, Vern, it's got commercials, bloopers, special surprises, and a behind-the-scenes look at me, Ernest P. Know what I mean? So, Vern, check out my new video and win $10,000. Either way, Vern, you can count on having great fun. Know what I mean? 2020, 2030, 2040. Okay, Vern, let me explain this $10,000 thing in such a way that even you can understand it. To begin. All you have to do is watch this video from beginning to end, from fuzz to fuzz, and count the number of times you either hear or see the word Vern, plus the number of times you either hear or see the word know what I mean. Know what I mean? 
Step B. Write your answer on a postcard with your real name, address, and phone number, and send it to me. But we must have your entry before April 1st, 1988. In the rare case, there is more than one correct answer. There will be a random drawing to determine the winner. Okay, Vern, sit back and relax and have some fun. You can count on. Know what I mean? Fuzz to fuzz, remember. Like, like this was uh, an actual thing back in the day, an actual kind of... Yeah, so like, also the end of... Uh, remember, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Mm-hmm. At the end of that videotape, there was a competition with that as well, and you had to rate the film. There's loads of categories, so rate the actress, the man, you know, Christine Applegate, out of zero to nine, not one to ten or whatever, zero to nine. Then you have to <laughs> you have to rate Keith Coogan, who plays the brother, from zero to nine. Uh, how funny was it on a scale of zero to nine? How was the directing zero to nine? There's all these categories, and you have to match the points that they've decided so you have to match their like rating Jesus. for Christine Applegate That's it's the most convoluted it's the most convoluted uh, competition ever and it's just bonkers again if I can find a clip of that I'll put it on there and it's just like yeah how anybody can follow it or even win it I just have no idea and just the audio for that alone is so irritating because it's like uh, Bill and Ted kind of what do you call that kind of San Diego kind of like so oh, yeah, surfer sure but it's like, hey, you want to win $100,000? You got to do yeah, It's like, oh, it's like headache inducing. Best movie ever. TV rocks your brain. Well, of course, everyone's got different tastes. And that's what this game is all about. Because now it's your chance to play film critic. See, it's called the Babysitter's Rating Game. And to win the super score prize of the million dollar annuity, your critical ratings have to match the babysitter's ratings exactly. But even if you don't, you still could win some other cool prizes, like the totally classic 1956 Buick. And here's how you do it. First, grab your pencil and paper, because I'm going to ask you to rate the movie in 10 different categories, giving each a score from 0 to 9. Where 9 is incredibly excellent, then place them side by side on a piece of paper like this, forming a 10-digit rating code. Remember, zero is the lowest and nine is the highest. Ready? One, Christina Applegate's performance. She played Sue Ellen. Two, Keith Coogan's performance. He was her burnout brother, Kenny. Three, Ida Reese Marin's performance. How'd you like to have a babysitter like that? Four, the casting. Five, the story. Six, photography. Seven, the music. Eight, special effects. Nine, direction. Ten, costume design. So now that you're a movie critic, you're ready to play the babysitter's rating game. But first, there's a few things you should know. Like, you gotta have a touchtone phone to enter, cause otherwise it totally won't work. If you're under 18, you can't play unless you get your parents' permission, a total drag, but that's life. And when you make the call, it'll cost you $1.95. Oh, and the game only goes until April 19, 1992, or until the babysitter gets 150,000 calls. And my folks say I'm on the phone a lot. And remember, this game works with touchstone phones only. And call the babysitter at 1-900-78-MAMA. <laughs> the 80s was wild. The 80s and 90s were just insane. The things they were like completely that. untethered of what yeah. they could do <laughs> and, like, and how they could do it. Like they just thought everything was possible, and there was no. And it was really to stop them. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's should, kind of the basic. We should do one for this fairness. podcast. Actually, the amount of times you say like, 
people could the cat and the times I say and you know and um uh, <laughs> I think I just start saying Vern all the time. Vern, 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 Vern. <laughs> so that's kind so, of the weird history of Ernest. And yeah. I'm still no really kind of I'm no really kind of too much clued into why I knew who this character was or why he was popular. Yeah, especially in the 90s when the internet for us wasn't really a thing until like the late 90s. But yet we still kind of knew who he was. Maybe like in like video shops, like a video action or blockbuster, they had them there. I have a feeling they they were there next to Biodome or California Man on the Racks or whatever. So it's a, I mean, it's a, like he's he's quite you see like his face on the posters are like him gurning like right up in the camera and it's like yeah. not, it's, it's not hard to not notice them recognize him instantly yeah. yeah and I think he's just got such a an unique accent and everything else like that that any reference I knew they were referencing this if they referenced like yeah. Keenan and Kel did something about Ernest I knew they were doing Ernest right. <laughs> Speaking like, of which, did you watch Good Burger 2? I did watch Good Burger 2. And how was it? I kind of enjoyed it. I had to say, like, well, about an hour in, I was really not having a good time. And then... You weren't about having a good an burger. Hour, <laughs> I was just not... I was having a good... I've had a bad burger. <laughs> and then they... They get... It, the, the plot kind of starts, basically. And they get into a driverless car... And it made me laugh so much, this char- this car sequence with them in this kind of automatic car. And then from there, it felt like it had tons of momentum and I really enjoyed it. Like, I had a really good time of it all kind of wrapping up and it made me laugh a lot. So I don't it's- know if that's like, I just needed that seal to break and me to right. relax and enjoy myself or something. But Get I did, back into that I, mode. I felt the second half of the movie was really quite fun and I actually quite had a good time. <laughs> it's like, obviously Keenan has been in... Uh, SNL for years, hasn't he? He's not the longest ever cast member on SNL. I think he's the longest ever cast master. Cast master. <laughs> Taskmaster, <laughs> yeah. But like, Kel seems like after like Mystery Men or whatever and Good Burger, he come, that was it. And yeah. He kind of just didn't do anything. And there was all those reports for millions of years. <laughs> Kel's dead. Like, hashtag Kel's dead. And he was never That's dead. a proper like MySpace rumour. Yeah. In early Facebook. But anyway. Ernest saves Christmas. <laughs> yeah, shall we go for the plot a little bit, I guess? Sure. It's kind of weird. Yeah, um, straight away you get lots of product placement by Coca-Cola with all yes. those like classic pictures of Well, because obviously Santa is red because of Coca-Cola, isn't he? Isn't that like is that true? Is that like an actual Yeah, fact? I think I think yeah. the etchings he was based on, the German one, I think he was always wearing green. Green, yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, Coca-Cola it literally opens red. with the classic Santa Claus, Coca-Cola Santa Claus. Even with him, like, there's even an image of him chugging, like it's a Coke, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Images. <laughs> and um, then we're then we're at Miami, Miami, Florida, which is not where I would ever set a Christmas movie. Ever, yeah, which yeah, is a it, choice. I'd say visually, it doesn't feel very Christmassy. The film, but no, obviously. Not at all. But obviously they, they've got a tax break or whatever in Orlando where they film. <laughs> Apparently it's like the first ever film to be fully filmed in Orlando. What? Apparently so. That's mad. Like I was trying to look up production details on this film and there's not really a lot. It's just about filming locations and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. apparently it's it's the first film completely shot in Orlando starts beginning because I think uh, 
It was probably around the time because it's a it's a technically a Disney film, I think, since mm-hmm. Piano Vista, which is weird because I tried to look for it on um, Disney Plus, couldn't find it. It's a really hard film to find. And yeah, it's I think not an easy film to find. Yeah, all the other films are on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if you have to rent them, but they're all there probably. except for Ernest Saves Christmas, which you'd think of all the films at this time of year, it'd be on there. But so yeah, there must I, be some rights thing that's locking it up. Yeah, it's it is that's on YouTube. It's on YouTube, uh, but the sound quality is awful, awful. And it's also on the internet. Uh, is it what's it called? The internet database? No, what's it? The internet archive, whatever. Uh, you okay. can download it from there. But it's like a TV version of it, and it looks See, really weird. It, it's it must be a UK thing because in US you can watch it through Disney Plus. You can watch it through Paramount Plus. You can watch it through um, Freevee as well. There's a conspiracy. Um, I think there's an earnest conspiracy. I'm 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 feeling. The, yeah, they just don't want us to have him in the. They UK. don't. <laughs> They're gatekeeping him. <laughs> They're gatekeeping him. But um, we're, instant, we're instantly introduced to uh, Santa, who is making no bones about the fact he's Santa. It's very, like at all, and he's just got off a flight in into Florida, and he's Chanter, chatting to a random businessman. Yeah, just a random businessman, and he's saying how oh, I live quite far north. Don't, I, I, I tend to come around here once a year, um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, and he's winking into all the all the kids just ha- instantly know who he is, and he's winking yeah. at them. And you hear a little, a little wink. magical and jingle, you hear like the, a bit of jingle, a bit of magic happening. And the guy says what he wants for Christmas, and he says that he wants it to snow for Christmas. And Santa's like, oh, "But I thought you wanted a, a CD, CD player. Oh, was it a CD player? It was a CD player, <laughs> and uh but he, and he goes, well, okay, I'll make a note of that. Like, a CD player in 1988 would have been mega bucks, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, we're, then we're kind of instantly introduced to Ernest, who is a cab driver in... Is, is he a diff- in, has he got, like, a different job in every film? Is that, like, yes, the thing? That, yeah. yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, He's in car number 69, which I didn't know if that was a joke or not, but I did see that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, there's a lot of advertising on top of this cab as well for Bic. Um, Pence, oh, do you reckon, that, do you reckon they got some advertising from, like, on purpose, like some product placement, do you reckon? Definitely. Even yeah. Eastern, the um, airlines, are very, very well placed in right, this movie. Yeah. I think that's how they must have funded everything, is just going to literally, like, the people that had bought his rights over the years it's and probably, said like yeah. do you want to put a bit of money forward and we'll feature you in the film kind of thing i bet that's how they got around it probably and uh so we, yeah we met with ernest and he's driving someone to the airport and the guy asks him to speed up so he drives like a maniac i have and- to say, i did laugh at this scene though where he was like <laughs> sliding left to right i like yeah I, the guy sliding like, left to right and ernest is like i told if- you about those belts even in a film like this, which is really low budget, I, I really appreciate the fact in these old films they actually have like wide shots of him just driving yeah. like a maniac in this like like highway, which yeah. you wouldn't get now, or it'd be CGI, or you know you'd only get it in like a Batman film that's got a trillion dollar a huge budget. budget, yeah, and you know and you don't get that now, and I appreciate it. But um, he gets to the airport and causes um general kind of chaos. But but I like the fact that he completely scares the shit out of because he he drives that manic that the car door opens and he just slides out, and then he's like 
he's like frozen and he has to like carry him to the car and then he has to somehow the conveyor belt is easily accessible outside the airport to put your luggage on i don't understand yeah. that and he because just it's puts 1988 and they hadn't heard of terrorism yet. Yeah, and he just places him on the conveyor belt and yeah. that's how he gets into the airport I did like, like, because he kind of drives over some people's luggage, some bags explode, and then some everyone chases him around the airport until he gets back into his cab, basically. And then where, Santa. Um, he where Santa's Santa. waiting. Yeah. And uh, there is a funny scene, though, where, like, he's at the Santa's, like, waiting to get his passport checked, and it just says, it's like a, a passport with a Santa Claus photo, like, stuck on top of it. And he's like, uh, <laughs> there's, like, a bit of. Uh, you know, there's all like punks there and people dressed up weirdly and stuff like that. And for some reason, there's some, you know, Middle Eastern people, a bit problematic maybe, I guess now, just mocking that, I guess. And uh, yeah. And then yeah, but that's you- where we get, we know that he knows everybody's names. He's like, that's one of the things with Santa Claus. But as soon as you become Santa, you instantly know everybody's name and where they're from. But he started to lose his, I guess his marbles or his, you know, his power starting to dwindle. And he's talking yeah, about he can't how he can't quite started. remember everyone. He has to mm. make notes and stuff like that. But he remembers the guy who checks his um, passport. But um, he um, Santa kind of explains how he's in town to see this um, children's TV presenter. Yeah. Who has recently been made redundant. Um, and but after a long search, he thinks that this children's TV presenter is going to be the best replacement for him as yeah. Santa. And he's just telling Ernest this, and Ernest is just like nonplussed, just like he's just fine with it. But Ernest kind of he he's loves such a weird character to kind of like tie down because like he, he he's kind of unaware of all the chaos he causes, whilst being kind of like really over eager to help and prove he's useful, but also I think he feels like he's always doing a professional, helpful job. I think um, it's weird. I don't know. What was the Christmas song he was singing? But he was just saying the same line over and over and over again. Was it? Was it? Oh, Christmas tree, Christmas tree, Christmas tree, Christmas tree. It did make me laugh though. Where um, he, he asked Santa what his name is, and Santa goes, "I'm Santa Claus" or something. And uh, Santa goes, "Oh, you look like him." And Santa goes, "Oh, because I am him. him." And Ernest just replies with, "Because you am him." How about that? <laughs> And that, got <laughs> yeah, just, that got a laugh out of me. But I like characters like that. They're just uh, so, it's so like his name's Ernest. He's just very earnest. He takes people yeah. at face value, and he just he's like, right, yep, yeah, you are, and I'm I'm down 100 percent with this. Yeah, no questions. He kind of does this thing in all his movies where he does something incredibly dangerous, but he's kind of describing what he's doing out loud in like meticulous detail that kind of makes it sound like he knows exactly what he's doing, but he clearly doesn't. It's like I. It's so hard to pin down what the joke is. Yeah. I think I guess that's what it is. Um, but he does this whilst uh, he almost gets um, Final Destination to buy some Christmas trees. And um, instead, he, he kind of stops on the interstate to pick up this Christmas tree and chuck it at Santa Claus. And he causes like a like a multi-car pileup. <laughs> um, and he's just completely just unaware that like he is even causing a problem, really. Again, that's like very much like Dumb and Dumber, isn't it? Where he's, yeah. I, I, I don't think you see the gag in Dumb and Dumber, but you hear it like his bad driving, you just yeah. see the cars crashing in the background and stuff like that. 
Um, I um, just, I, I really felt like a Jim Carreyness from him. Yes. Like before Jim Carrey was, a th- well, I think Jim Carrey was around at this time, like doing like little parts and things. But he might have been on. He was on. Um, he was Living Color. Well, Living Color, probably at this time. And he yeah. did Earth Girls Are Easy, that vampire yeah. film, and Ducks, not Duck Soup, Duck, Duck Factory or something. Anyway. <laughs> the, I I wrote, and, uh, I wrote I wrote a thing at school about Jim Carrey when I was like twelve years old, and I just I remember like all the stupid facts are from Jim. And Carrey. that's where anyway. your entire memory comes from. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we kind of then meet our third kind of character in this, which is um, well, what is her name? I thought it was Harmony, mm. uh, but she has like yeah, her name's Harmony. But it seems like that's a self-given name, um, and her parents called her it's Pamela. Pamela, isn't it? Pamela Trenton. But I, I didn't like this idea of the film. Where, like her identity had to be her birth name. Like Fair. if she wants to go by Harmony, what's the fucking problem? Like everyone's obsessed with calling her Pamela. But it's the eighties, I guess, and I don't know times. Were... But we meet we meet Harmony, who's skipping out on her check, and um. Ernest nearly hits her with a, with her car, and instead she kind of jumps into it and tells like a tall tall tale about why she's running away. Like this guy is like harassing me or something. And no, she says, "Oh, I was having dinner with my brother, and he just ran out on me, and so left me on my own without paying." And then yeah, that's what she says to the, says to the waiter, guy. And then, and then, then she, she says a different story to Ernest. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's just completely just okay with Santa and Ernest, just. She gets introduced to them, and she's like, "Yep, fine, I'm, I'm up for this." I mean, she was, she was like, she, she didn't believe it was Santa at first, though. But no, she was, she was happy to, she, to go along for the ride, I guess. Yeah, it didn't have to be all those weird questioning. If someone says they're Santa, you just go, "Yeah, great." You don't have to kind of question them about it. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I like, I, I really like the guy. What was his name? Douglas uh, Seal. I really liked him as Santa. I thought he had the right little. He does. Yeah, had he has nice right charm kind of vibe to, him. to him. Yeah, and charm to him. Like, yeah, totally. He was good casting, and he's quite yeah. funny. I think so too. We um, there was so that we get to the children's science museum. <laughs> it's, you know, the children's science museum where everyone hangs out, and uh, there was a really good joke that made me laugh a lot, and. Uh, they get there and Santa doesn't have any cash because the year before he put all his real cash inside a toy for a kid and now he's got all these like fake um this fake kind of currency that he keeps trying to pay with oh yeah and and he tries to pay Ernest with this fake currency and um Ernest kind of you know tells him that it's not real and then he walks away from the camera and says what we've got here is a failure to accumulate yeah and (laughs) <laughs> really fucking made me laugh. I wasn't expecting it at all. And uh, so that's kind of this kind of what Ernest is. I've got bit, and in trying to pin this down, the whole thing like he's a bit of a kind of Jim Carrey. Is he has like wise quips? He's not meant to be intelligent, but he he certainly like tries hard um, well, to do. You stuff. say that, but later in the film, like I wasn't expecting it. But he starts to dress up like an Eddie Murphy kind of character like playing other characters and he's like he's he's very smart he's very intelligent he's very honest yeah. I'm like this is a very different guy than the guy that's bumbling around in his taxi it's very but. strange um so yeah well we got what we then we introduced to Joe who's doing like a puppet show for kids oh he hang on hang on like he- you've missed Billy Bar- Billy Bird who is the the old lady who's on the oh yeah on the desk do you recognise her from anything I do 
What, she's, what are you hinting at? She's in ho- well, she's in loads of films, but she's yeah. she's also she's in Jury Duty for start. But she's in Home Alone. She plays the old lady who is in the airport, and uh, Catherine O'Hara is trying to like sell her her jewelry and her watches and stuff to <laughs> get her plane ticket. Yeah. But like she's had a she was in Sixteen Candles. She was one of the she was one of the grandmothers. She was in One Crazy nice. Summer. She's like she was been acting since the fifties. Yeah, oh, she's, yeah. a, she's, she's like just, a vaudevillian comedian. Yeah, she's That's like a. Cool. She's in a few of the Police Academy movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, playing yeah, different characters. Kind of, she kind of runs the museum, is that right? I think. I guess so. Kind yeah, well, she's like or the secretary or the receptionist. Yeah. Or it's very unclear actually what she was. <laughs> so yeah, we see him like the the guy who is going to be the potential future Santa Claus. He's like, he's just like entertaining some kids with some dinosaurs. Yeah, and he does look like a young Santa. He's got the beard and everything. Yeah. Um, and just a lot younger. Then we're introduced to one of the best characters in the movie, though. Um, Big Deals, who is Santa's agent, I'm guessing. Do you, rec- you recognise Big Deals from anything? No. Well, it has a connection to last year's Christmas film. Oh, he is in Christmas Evil, isn't he's, he? He's yeah. the detective yeah, yeah, yeah. in Christmas Evil. Because so I was watching it, and I was Evil. like, I know this guy from somewhere. What do I know him from? And then I looked at his IMDb, and he was in Christmas Evil. <laughs> he plays the cop, I think, does he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he, when he's entering, he pulls him in a car when the license plate just says Big Deals on it. And then he gets out of the car, and he's singing Jingle Bells, and it's Jingle Bells, Checkbook Swells, Big Swells. Deals on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always entertained by people throwing character. the keys, uh, throwing the keys, you know, at the um, the concierge. But it wasn't; it was just the postman. Good stuff. Yeah, it's just the postman. He throws him his keys, and uh, he's like the evil person of the film. So, like, Joe's just a nice guy, and he just wants to make shows for kids, but he can never make any money. And now he's got this agent, and he's trying to get him into doing like films now, and like he's going to change his appearance, and he wants him to shave, and he wants him to kind of, you know, swear more and and do and do like movies that kids wouldn't like because we should without slowing down this kind of plot description what like joey's actually signed up to do a horror movie called christmas sleigh i think yeah. it's called <laughs> yeah. yeah and he plays like a kind of santa-esque character and he gets attacked by i don't know a living christmas tree or something i don't know idea what this it thing looked was like singing out the mighty boosh it did, didn't it? Speaking <laughs> like, of which, uh, in the L- Merry Little Christmas, one of the you know the thugs that are attacking Wayne Manor, mm. the the male guy, he's played by Noel Fielding's brother, who was Naboo in the Mighty Boosh. But anyway, oh uh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, he did look like a weird swamp creature, but now you're saying Christmas tree, that makes a bit more sense. I was, I was trying to work out what the Christmas connection was, but it's very weird. Yeah. But this, I think, I think the horror movie looks kind of good. But, but what, that was weird because that was like a, a screen test, I guess. And I can't Im- imagine you go through that much effort for a screen test. But maybe, yeah. You. That's a really good point. That didn't occur and, to me whatsoever. And I didn't understand. Are they trying to take the piss out of directors saying that directors don't know what they want or whatever? Because he's like, he's he's yelling out directions, but can't think of the words. It sounds like me, to be honest. Um, <laughs> And like a PA, yeah, his whatever. assistant basically keeps feeding him like lines yeah. to the director. Maybe they're taking the piss out of like John Cherry, or John Cherry's taking the piss out yeah, of himself maybe. or something. Like, maybe 
Um, Maybe that was John Terry. Who knows? Who knows? I'll never know because I can't be able to look it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Big Deals comes in, undercuts the offer, and he doesn't. And, he, and Santa doesn't kind of get to complete the deal. Meanwhile, Ernest is getting fired from the cab company because he caused like a multi-car pileup on the interstate. And um, then you get this is cut through the whole film and kind of plays off in the end but you get like you constantly coming back to like this weird kind of horror movie story that's happening with the reindeer at the airport oh yeah they like some reason Santa's had the the reindeer shipped to (laughs) Orlando (laughs) and uh they're kind of breaking out the crate and they keep kind of and they're because they're kind of magic reindeer they keep walking on the walls and the ceiling and the two kind of baggage handlers are trying to like contain the chaos the two baggage handlers are, are two of the characters that repeat in every single Ernest movie um, they, I think they're the cooks in camp I can't remember what they are in others but they're definitely like two actors that like formed this kind of weird no the uh, one guy the bigger guy Chuck he's been in a lot of things I think lot, the other guy I think died after one of the the Ernest films, but the other guy yeah. carried on and was in like Alley and Elizabeth Town and wow, things like that. I mean, and, um, I wouldn't say he's been in great films, but he's he's been a lot of stuff. Or was <laughs> <No. a monster>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, Big Deal gets um, Santa committed, which so is harsh. Mean, really. I know, so harsh. <clears throat> I do like how they're all calling him Santos. Which is yeah. <laughs> absolutely he, a Simpsons joke. Yeah, because well. he's like he's cut off. Just he's, my name is Santos, and yeah. he's like, right, Santos. His name is Santos, and then uh, I love. I says so when meanwhile, like kind of Santa's in jail. He's you have. I know you. The, you missed the bit where he gets his fingers. He has his fingerprints taken, and all his fingerprints have got like snowflakes <laughs> in them. Snowflakes on them. But, but they're like, so like obvious. Or, like, they're so blatant. Everyone's like, what's going on? Um, I like how he just makes friends with all the people in lockup. Like, and he has them all singing and, and being happy. Like, I just love when they do that with Santa in movies. It makes me laugh. Um, cutting back to Ernest, we then get a Vern commercial with him bringing the Christmas tree over to Vern. I was wondering uh, if they bit- were going to do this because I think they reference Vern. Santa goes, oh, well, I think he's like he's friends with this guy called Vern or he, ha- he used to hang out with this kid called Vern. And I thought, oh, is that all we're going to get for Vern in the film? Do they kind of not do that? And then they full on go for it. And I loved it. They full on go for it, don't they? I like, love the camera opened- angle, though, like it, how it's like, you know, a bit of a wide angle lens and uh, yeah, but maybe a bit fisheye and stuff. I loved it. And it's a proper. You get this sense of what the commercials were been like because Jim Varney just motor mouths at the at the camera talking about this Christmas tree that he's got for him and how he's going to make his house really nice and Christmassy and he should be doing more. But I know he's been working loads recently because they say he's got like a military contract or something. Um, and then eventually it leads to him kind of crashing around the house and the tree falling on him and him and him pulling out wires from the wall sockets and stuff like that. It's complete chaos, but it's quite What's they fun. Call it? They it's call it drywall in America, don't they? So, yeah, 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 totally. Drywall. And um, I laughed a lot of... Um, Ernest says superb at the end, and it really made me laugh. <laughs> like, he says like, he said superb in such a way, and then the tree crashes on him, that it was just a proper good... It was the good, like, full stop on that little scene that cracked me up. And then do when they, he goes do to, do they his, do that? And is that is that like in the camping one? Do they do something similar in that? Or no? 
Oh, no, really? They don't. This is the first time they did it. So it's it's why this film is superior to the camping film. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the highest grossing of all the... Is it? That makes of sense. all the Ernest films. Um, so he goes to his car to look for some bolt cutters for some reason because he just wants to destroy Vern's house more. And he decides to look in Santa's sack and realises because it's magic and there's magic things in there, he realises it was actually Santa and not a mad old man. I like um, I like how they visually represented that, though. Like, he just pulls out a ball and it just turns into, yeah. like, a present. But I love the fact that when Ernest does it, it's just, like, real, like, southern Shit. kind of shitty presents, like, yeah. a, a, like a fish on a plaque or something like that. Yeah. That did make me laugh. He was trying because he tries to get Harmony a gift, and it just keeps turning into bullshit. Yeah, but Harmony really made me laugh here when she goes like, she says something to him about not want, not going into the sack, and he dives in and he pulls out this glowing sphere, and she just goes, "Wow, well, now you're nuked, man." <laughs> <laughs> no, That's a good line. It was. It was. I don't. Um, I I couldn't find her. See if she's anything else. Like Noel Parker, the actress. I couldn't. No, I think this is. Sorry, it. is, is actors the? I don't know what, what is it still actor or actress. I'm I'm really bad with that. You can say either. Can I? That's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, she did a few things. She. Yeah, she just. But, oh, apparently says clerks. No. <laughs> oh, I bet that? you. She, I bet she was in the TV version of Clerks. <laughs> let me let me just have a look. Clerks TV movie. Yeah, she was in the Clerks TV show. Uh, no way. Have you ever seen the pilot for Clerks? No. It is absolutely awful. It's on YouTube. She plays Veronica, so she plays um, Dante's current girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Uh, she kind of looks that, like her, actually. The one that's played by Marion Gotillard. I can't remember what her name is. Yeah. Anyway. She's in a movie called Twisted with Christian Slater. Twisted. I need to get that sound from uh, <laughs> Blank Jack Twisted. From Blank Jack Twisted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I then I can't. There's just this is the, the plot kind of breaks down. Is the reason I'm struggling to kind of put it into kind of any kind of coherence. Is it just become it just kind of breaks down to a bunch of scenes really. But I did laugh a lot at when he's making pancakes for Harmony, and he um he slap and he's trying to make a point and he slaps his hand down on the uh, hot plate putting yeah. pancakes on and then he smears both his hands in so much butter to cool them off that <laughs> <laughs> huge chunks of I, butter on his hands and then really really crap me up I will say Hermione Hermione Harmony is like the the most 80s girl you've ever seen yeah. in a film ever she has She's like brilliant what are those bands called i mean they used to call them shag bands at school but those like plastic bands those arm bands and she's got them yeah, like, literally yeah. up to her elbow all the way above her arm she's got the top <laughs> knot going she's yeah. got a ton of beads and other accessories in her hair like she's got like like mismatching socks and a, a, a like a denim jacket under like this and she's like if you get all the stuff. three kids from um uh Saved by the Bell and mix them all together in a blender. That's what you'll get. <laughs> She's kind of like Cindy Lauper bought from Wish. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, I, I liked it. her. I thought she was good. Yeah, I, I did. liked her in this. Like, I did. I thought she was kind of fun and kind of cool, to be honest. Like, and she has a I nice little arc as well. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, then we're kind of into the scene where you talked about. So Ernest comes up with a plan to get Santa out of jail. And I don't understand his plan. I don't understand how he came up with this. I don't yeah. understand how he communicated it to anyone else. And I don't know how it worked. <laughs> but it does work. So <laughs> he, the first one, see if we get this right in order. The first one, he enters the jail pretending to be from the mayor's office. Yeah, he's an employee and- of the governor. And he's the governor's niece. She's the governor's niece, sorry. Yeah, and she's, like, doing a report on how good it is. So she's kind of taking notes. And he's playing, like, a snooty kind of office guy, I guess. Like, he's doing a lot of, like, teeth laughing. (laughs) Yeah, and they're trying to convince convince the police chief that they're going to transfer him to a mental institution or something. Yeah. Well, no, they, they just need to see the jail. And then when they get in there, they talk to Santa... And they go, why have you locked this guy up? He needs to be transferred to, like, a a hospital because he thinks he's Santa Claus. He shouldn't be in jail. And they decide they're going to take him over. But I don't understand why they just... I don't understand why they were doing the whole I'm a student doing a report on jails element of it. But anyway, that's what it is. And I think it's this scene where you kind of... This is where you find out that Santa has to pass on to his powers onto a new person. By weirdly yes. by seven PM. I don't know why it has to be seven PM. That seems like a really weird, like arbitrary <laughs> yes. like time. I don't know if yeah, they just he thought it became, was funny. He became Santa in eighteen eighty nine and basically only get a hundred years of Santa. Yeah, and he said I've been doing it I should have I've done a few too many seasons or something like that. He needs to, to But pass then on. like he also then disguises himself as a woman. <laughs> And I don't know why. Can you remember why he does that? Is this so he can find out what, like, where? Because this is this is how he gets led to the film production, like the the film studio. So I don't know if he sees his agent or he's trying to he's trying to speak to the agent to find out where he could possibly be, maybe. And he's like, oh, he's filming Blah Blah on on set eleven or whatever studio plot ten. I'd say that and le- then, this led to the the snake rancher, which I loved. Yeah, and then he dresses up as a snake rancher to sneak Santa in, which, okay, I just, the logic does not work for me at all. <laughs> I thought he was I funny, just, though. You know, it's fucking funny. I just think, is it totally like, when you're writing this, is it just, what's the funniest thing Jim can do? Yeah, like what, what, what characters has he got? What voices yeah. can he do? What like, props have we got? Yeah, and what, what can we... Jim do? But I like I like the image of Santa under the tar with yeah. hoses, just wriggling them about. I don't know where the girl was <laughs> at this point. Was she was she not no. in the car? I know she was back at the house, wasn't she? She's meant to be looking after the sack, and yeah. then she runs. She ends up running away with it because because of story reasons. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I'm um, guessing she sees it as her way out. Of, she can figure out to make money from it, like get higher yeah, like, value items yeah. out of it. Um, but like we get to the studio and this is when we see Santa's Christmas sleigh and uh, Santa's really offended by the fact that Joe is doing this horror movie which is scary but also it's got tons of foul language in it and um, Santa punches the um, the director because he's offended that like they're making such trash um, which you know settle down Santa like it's fine <laughs> um, but like he then tells Joe all about like 
the role and what what it is at this point. Now, does he do it at this point? Does he do it later? No, he I doesn't. Think it's a, no, it's a he bit tries to on. talk to Joe. Instead, yeah. he gets offended by all the stuff he's doing. Yeah, because yeah, Joe's like Joe speaks to his manager saying, "Look, this guy seems desperate to want to talk to me, so I should probably talk to him." And big deals. He's like, "No way, baby! I don't make big deals with big deals." <laughs> and <laughs> um, we cut back to the flying reindeer. Yeah, this is weird. Stuff. So the reindeer don't <laughs> actually fly. For some reason, no. they're walking on the ceiling. <laughs> but it's obviously a floor made out to look like a ceiling, and they've just flipped the footage upside down. But what I don't yes. see it's obviously this film has got a very small budget. I mean, six point six point five million, I think it was. Mm. And obviously, to to convincingly make a reindeer fly is difficult. I know that because I've just done a stop motion video where I did a few <laughs> reindeer sequences, and they look pretty bad. Because to animate like reindeer flying and that, you know, you need a bit of money to do that. So I just did one and <laughs> duplicated them and just replicated them. And sure. in this, they just said, "Yeah, they fly by walking on the ceiling." <laughs> and then the shots later on, where it's just the two guys just like looking around. As if to say, they're flying around with sound effects, but you don't see anything. <laughs> I mean, later on, you did. They, I was thinking, are they actually going to do any like sleigh shots with the reindeer? And they do they do, do it. But the yeah. reindeer, if you watch, they do not move at all. They're no. completely static. Um, there is like, there is a bit in where the animal control turn up and they refuse to kind of deal with it, which I just think is a bit shitty. Cause, oh, yeah. Like, they should still deal with it. It's your job. Yeah, cause, just because they're flying. Well, the, the joke is that they're trying to read the tag on the boxes and they're trying to work out, they're trying to say, is that an E or a P? Like, yeah. They couldn't decide. And it's like, it, they, they think the word is eaves or something like that, but it's not obviously eaves. It's, you find out later on it's elves. Um, but, yeah, you find out later that they are elves. Tastefully done. Um, yes. So Santa ends up tracking Joe down to his house, which... Don't quite understand why he didn't go to his house anyway. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, the first time. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Moving on. Um, and he explains. Doesn't, doesn't he say later? Doesn't Santa. he say at the beginning that he's left it a bit late or something, and he's he should have done yeah, this sooner or something? He's an idiot. Yeah. And uh, um, Joe kind of turns down the offer at the house. He's like, "Look, I don't. I'm not going to be Santa. You're mad." I don't want to be Santa. So Santa gets really dejected and talks to an old man at the at the bus station and then he realises that he doesn't even have his magic sack because Harmony's run off with it. And um, it's all looked like it's going to be rubbish. Um, but then... <laughs> I can't remember what's going on. I'm so lost in this movie. <laughs> Joe then goes to a, in, in, in producing meeting about the film he's doing. And he asks for some script changes uh, mm-hmm. to be implemented and mainly the foul, foul language to come out of it. And he shaved his beard as well. That's a plot point. And, uh, and they refuse to take all, any of the foul language out of it. So he's like, right, then I'm done. I'm not doing this movie. I'm going to be Santa, I think. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, he, see, he looks out the window and he sees... Ernest oh, because it, the... yeah, because at this point Ernest has gone to the airport to get the sleigh and the reindeer. That's right, and 
you get the whole sequence where he's trying to smuggle the reindeer out of the airport with the two helper elves, which are two elves that have come down from the North Pole. And he decides to try and take a shortcut, which involves driving across a runway, and he punctures both the tyres. So instead, they set up the sleigh and set up all the reindeer, and he's going to fly it to the... They've all agreed to meet at the museum, and he's going to fly it to the museum. And you get a lot of the hijinks, is probably the best way to put it, right? Like, he, there's a lot of levers on the sleigh that make it go into hyperspeed, and he kind of goes around the earth about 70 times, and there is all, all manner of different things like that going on yeah they've got the stock footage <laughs> from santa claus the movie and uh <laughs> i forgot that he gives him some 3d glasses <laughs> x-ray specs <laughs> sorry i just sent lena an image of santa in the back of the taxi at the beginning wearing x-ray specs it's a good look for santa um god then harmony kind of sees some kids at a bus stop and goes oh santa's really cool actually so decides to go to the the museum at the same time mm-hmm. and joe gives up the film role sees that <clears throat> like santa's sleigh flying about with Ernest in it and decides oh i'm going to be santa actually so goes to the the museum and they all meet there and he takes over santa the end <laughs> oh there's something about him he makes it snow for some reason yeah, I'm just watching that sequence right now because I need to send you a picture. But he, as Santa, he reminds me of somebody. That's right. from this movie, yeah? Yeah, so that's from this movie. So it's an image of the new Santa smiling. And for some reason, I just got vibes of... <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, but with a Santa hat on. Hey. Okay, Ollie has sent me a picture of Joe as he gets the power of Santa <laughs> and becomes fully Santa'd with a suit and a beard and everything, smiling. And then he sent me a picture of Harry from Harry and the Hendersons doing the same smile into the camera. <laughs> do you not see the similarities? Yeah. I do see the similarity. The nose is exactly the same. I know, <laughs> and I just couldn't. I couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> But what do you think of him? Like, because you don't, because you the other guy, you find out his name, the other Santa, his name's Seth, Seth something, Seth, Seth Applegate, Seth Applegate, because he, yeah, he meets the receptionist at the end, and they kind of they hit it off. I mean, I'm guessing yeah. he's homeless now as well, technically. I thought that there's so a, lot, he's a lot of planning with this. So he's <laughs> he doesn't have like, any money, and he doesn't like, have any powers. He's um, just homeless. Can I move in with you, lady? I've just yeah. met. <laughs> He chats up the girl and she's like quite interested in him. Um, yeah. But you never see it's him weird. in the Santa outfit. He's always wearing like this kind of like khaki. It's like a three, yeah, three piece suit. Great brownie sh- suit. What do you think of Joe's Santa Claus? Do you think he looked like a good Santa? No, he looks awful. Yeah, he does. He looks because- like such a like a. Uh, a Salvation Army Santa Claus ringing the bell at the corner of a street, like just, <laughs> yeah, but with some like, like, gin in a bottle, like you know, in yeah, um, yeah, yeah, trading places. It is. He looks like he does look like Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places. <laughs> he does. Like Douglas Douglas Searle looks like a good Santa. Like he does. He got the really good beard. He's got a good like rhythm to him and a good kind of mood to him. But Joker others, just I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know. 
Like, so Joe has a beard in the film, and then for some reason, the film that they're making, they want him to shave it off, even though he's supposed to be playing like a Santa kind of character. For whatever reason, they want him to shave it off, and he's like, Santa throughout the whole film is like, don't you shave that beard? Don't you yeah, shave and it? He, and then, and he, then shaves he gets a it. beard anyway. And then he gets an even bigger beard when he becomes Santa at the end. So I'm like, what? What, uh, what is that why, story? <laughs> what was that about? Um, I don't understand why he makes it snow. I don't like. He makes it snow because the guy at the beginning says, "I wish, I wish." Yeah, it but snowed. they do it like a, they go like, "Oh, is Ernest going to get here on time?" And he goes, "Hang on," and just kind of makes it snow or something. <laughs> Unless, like, the knowledge of the prior Santa is transferred over to him, because obviously, because so. I'm guessing he knows all the. I mean, you're right though, because Joe shouldn't know about that. But I'm just guessing that. That he just it just seemed like to... it was a weird payoff anyway yeah but Ernest comes there and Joe goes it's... actually I could do with like a sleigh driver tonight and I could do with a helper so Harmony and um, Ernest why don't you come along tonight and we'll deliver presents together which I think sounds like a bad idea but you know I mean the elves in the back are like no <laughs> no <laughs> and then Seth Applegate goes on a date with Mary Morrison. The yeah. end. Of the movie. And then there's kind of like it's not a post-credit stinger, but you you cut back to the uh, the two guys at the airport, and then a box is rumbling, and it's some joke about is this a B or a T? Something unny, and then it like the box breaks and some big bunny ears pop out the top, <laughs> and that's yep. it. <laughs> and that's the end of the film. <laughs> that's the end of the film. But I, I think if I was a kid, I'd probably really like this film. I'd, it'd probably be a yeah. film that I just enjoy, you know, like kind of like how I like Major Pain to this day. And probably Major Pain is probably a better film than this, like funnier. But like, it's that kind of vibes, like like low budget it was, comedy. It was charming in its own way. Yeah, like it wasn't boring. I think. The other Ernest movies I watched were kind of a bit dull. How many did you Especially watch? Especially Camp. Well, I watched Camp and I watched um, Halloween. Hall- Scared's... The Halloween one's actually actually is better than Camp. Camp was... Very, I just found Camp really boring. And Halloween just found very... Um, very sketchy. There was tons of, like, sketch... Like, just what, continuously kind of sketch comedy kind of things. What's, like, the premise um, of that one? Oh, God. it. I don't know. There's some witch um, and some goblin or something. It's... I don't know. So it's not like who be <laughs> Halloween, which is like he almost plays like a Ernest type character. I actually really enjoyed that film. It's good. Yeah. Um. They let off some demon power or something, some two hundred year old curse, and then oh, Ernest okay. has to solve it or something. It's all right. Ah. It's 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 about as good as this, I think. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I I got this as like a two point five because I was like. You know what? It's it does exactly what it's is, trying to do. That I think people think a two point five is bad, but for me, a two point five it's it's average. It's good. It's it it entertains me enough as a film. Yeah, it's not you know. it's not spectacular, and I wouldn't be rushing out to rewatch it. But I had a pretty much good time watching it. It's it is flawed in a lot of ways, but I did kind of enjoy it, and it has a certain charm to it, especially Jim Varney, who is really just kind of committed into every scene he gives every scene like five thousand percent 
um, I mean, a lot of gooning at the camera and a lot of rubber facing, a lot of motor mouthing, and that's kind of fun, really. Even I mean, if, if it, I don't quite understand the character of Ernest, it's still if fun. It, if it was me, if I was to make this film, I wouldn't have said it in Florida. I kind of get why they did, but I would have said it in snow or Chris, like a Christmas. So it has like lots of Christmas iconography around it because yes. there's not really a lot of decorations around. There's not... No, there's not many. There's I know a there's a gag New York about... is like the iconic Christmas city. Yeah, like and like, what better to be a, a New York cabbie? You know, you don't yeah, have exactly. to shoot it. You don't have to shoot it in New York. You just get no. some like plates or just get a or yellow get cab anywhere. But... Yeah, exactly. And you just get some stock footage of like, you know, overhead shots of New York and stuff. And, hmm. and I think that would have been like, yeah, it just it was lacking the Christmassy feel for it. It had obviously have Santa in it a lot and. He gets the Christmas tree and stuff, and he puts the one up in Vern's house. But it just didn't feel very Christmassy. Like if it, it felt more like, say, like Christmas vacation. It didn't feel like Christmas Eve. Yeah, I, I like or, yeah at all. And that's the I think that was the problem with it. It needed to feel more like it was actually Christmas Eve, and there was a sense of urgency to getting like presents delivered. Yeah. So like I've got friends who are from Australia and they show me their Christmassy houses and I'm like, it just doesn't work in Australia. I'm sorry. It just <laughs> doesn't look right. It doesn't look weird. It just looks weird. Oh, you're such a Christmas purist. I know. Christmas can only be um, celebrated. There just wasn't enough Christmas. Climates. You're right. There wasn't enough Christmas iconography in this. That's all. It just felt yeah. a little off. And But it was still, it had its own charm to it. It's kind of fun. I could see it. I could see like if I'd watched this back in the day, it might have you know, stayed on a few times or watched on TV or whatever. I think it's it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's it was fun. And um, yeah, just I guess shout out to um Jim Varney really, like who I think was probably a much more of a talent than he got a lot of recognition for. Yeah, definitely. And, and I I I I think he was a big smoker, and that was probably a big contribution to. Yeah, he was a chain Series. smoker and he ended up dying Series. in around, was it 2000 or something? Yeah, yeah, 2000, so like, yeah, it's like 23 just years. Just after the second um, Toy Story, if I remember. Like, you right. could imagine, like, in this day and age we are now with, like, IP films and stuff, there would have been, like, a, a Netflix earnest film if he, you know, sure. if he was still with us. They would have done, like, a, you know, like, they did Pe- the Pee Wee Herman film, Pee Wee's Holiday or whatever. Yeah, yeah, done, yeah, like, yeah. They would have done, like, an earnest. Totally. Right again, was, again, or something. I did I read know. that there was like a an attempt to do like an Ernest reboot with like Son of Ernest or something, um, but I think John Cherry has now passed. Who's, oh, the, who's really the other the the other kind of creative force? Right, and there's just no chance anything's going to happen now. It's I, all done. I'm kind of surprised. Like, uh, what's that? What's the TV show with the character that goes? Did I do all that? What is that like? Um, <laughs> What is that? Ah, oh, what's, oh, what's the show? The the the, the dad character is is uh, the cop from Die Hard, and uh, he played. It was the idea of oh, what the fuck was the show called? Family Ties. Is it Family Ties? And it's got Urkel. Is that who you mean? Uh, yeah, and uh, Family Matters. Family, family matters. matters. And you've yeah. got Urkel. They've just released yes. an Urkel animated film, haven't they? So like, I'm surprised they haven't done like a. Uh, like an earnest animated film or like a straight to DVD it's weird he just feels like whilst we're we're saying as it started that he's just weirdly became this cultural like phenomenon during the late 80s and 90s 
he went away as quickly. Like, this, <laughs> like it I wasn't reckon, like there's probably that much audio of him. They could probably feed it into some AI generated oh, stuff easily. and churn out so much like earnest like audio for an animated film. Absolutely. But then again, would it? Ha- would people watch it? It'd probably be shit to be honest. But I mean, yeah. I think these very. Even though, even though actually most of them were cinema releases, um, there's only four of them that were direct to video. Uh, I think they happily sit in that kind of '80s to '90s world, that that kind of weird, weird period of everything getting released and everything kind of being put out there. I can't imagine this taking off in the same way nowadays. Do but you- like, I was going to say this earlier. So he, he's an example of like an advertising character getting put to like out of the adverts yeah can, can you think of others I, that do you know what that? i was thinking the exact same thing earlier today and i was thinking there, there was in the uk we definitely had adverts that had characters that had like a store ongoing story so you had the oxo family you know the gravy family that it was kind of like a little mini soap opera Okay. And then there was there was like a coffee one which had Giles from Buffy and it was like an ongoing <laughs> okay. story with them. And I'm pretty sure there was like there was like a Renault Clio one or something and it and it all ended up with a marriage and then it had a joke ending where it was like Vic and Bob. Um and it was like Bob, Vic. Do you remember that one? Do you, does that ring any bells? None of but, these ring any bells. All right. All right, so they did that. But I can't think, especially in the UK, I can't think of any characters from adverts. We definitely had, like, uh, sketch show characters. So, like, Kevin and Perry did a movie. And yeah. Obviously, Wayne's World got a movie and things like that. But I can't think of, like, advertise, advert characters that got a movie. I can think of about... Oh, Mr. Bean? Ah, oh, yes. There's Johnny English. Was this... Yeah, Johnny English started as a guy. Yeah, he started yeah. in selling Barker cards, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, Johnny oh. English is very much, um, I think, an earnest-type character. It's yeah. very much that kind of calamity, like, mugging to the camera um, kind of thing. It's just, it's just he's a spy, really. But it's the same kind of joke. I've actually never seen a Johnny English film, so I don't know. There's, there's three of them, isn't there? I think there's, there might be four. I think there's at least wow. three, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can think of a couple more. Go on, then. Um, the California Raisins started uh, out as yeah. adverts. Um, Will, Vi- Will Vinton, my mate. He's not my mate. He's just <laughs> claymation animator. <laughs> my mate. Uh this is a weird one. I don't know if it counts, but Gatorade had an ad- had an advertisement in the US that with uh, Mike, um, what's his name? Myers. No, the basketball player, and it was called. And it was the advertisement was like, "Be like Mike, drink um, <laughs> Gatorade," and they ended up doing the film like Mike. So oh, that, that one. Com- yeah, that directly comes through the advertising campaign, well, even though the and I. And I guess the Looney Tunes, uh, you know, uh, Space Jam came from the Nike yep. advert, didn't it? So that's totally. another one. Um, there was Uncle Drew, the basketball film from a couple of years ago. That was a advertisement character. Um, okay. And then they did a film based on him. Uh, Ted Lasso started as an advert. And really? then they ended up doing the Ted Lasso TV show, um, which I hate, but it does exist. <laughs> and um. And Max Headroom started as a cartoon character, an advertisement character. Oh, yeah, I remember Max Headroom. 
and I think the last one I could think of was do you remember well I don't know if you remember because it's an American thing but there was the um, Geico cavemen and no. they gave them a sitcom and okay. in like 2007 it was called cavemen and it was about three kind of like cavemen trying to vi- live in like modern day America uh, but it's it's full of like um, like successful comedic comedic actors I think is it I can't remember who played the the um I can't remember who played the uh the character now but is it it's not John Mulaney is it or Nick Swanson I can't remember but anyway they did try oh, and swing Ma- that off anyway to, into something else Max Headroom was a massive like flash in the pan kind of like like it was massive wasn't it for a little while at Max Headroom like loads, loads Max, of massive for like well. a year <laughs> yeah yeah but it but it was huge and then it just went as, as quickly as it came it you know it, it went yeah. again didn't it i guess the california raisins was similar they got like you said they got a did they actually get a film i know they got an animated series but um i don't know if there's a film or not but, i know they got an but animated the animated series, series i was just trying so, to think though, of any because it was the animated series wasn't even in claymation it was like really shitty cell yeah it was, drawn animation yeah like so the charm of the California Raisins was completely taken away from it <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they started yeah I think that's all I've really got I can't think of yeah. any more and I think it is a, a weirdly unique thing that he come from an advert and then end up having 10 movies is kind of yeah, totally. crazy to be honest um, and it's not something that's happened a lot as we've just demonstrated trying to think of them I honestly thought when we started this we'd be talking about this film for about 10 minutes but no I think we've talked about it for about an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah only, us, only we could do that I think um, it was fun I enjoyed hanging out with Jim yeah, I did too so um, has The Thin Man been released yet I have no idea yes it has it has fantastic it has <laughs> so what, what we haven't yet look- recorded the episode we've been promised to record for about six no. months though what is next I can't even remember a film Devil is a Woman Devil is a Woman from <laughs> we've been promising it for so long 1936 <laughs> yes 1935 is it 35 Ron I don't know we'll Maybe. get through the 30s eventually know. one day one day we'll get at through at some it. point I've been busy. I, I apologise. We've we you know we've all been busy. It's been I don't know twenty twenty three. I don't know about you, but it's just been a this year's gone by, by so fast, like ridiculously fast. <laughs> I no, think... I've not. I've literally not stopped animating plasticine the whole year. It's, <laughs> it's I've just been dream, felt, fever dreams. Of I felt the tail end of this year has gone really quickly. It's it's felt like it's suddenly got to like. Um, it felt like it suddenly got to Christmas. Because now, like, I'm literally leaving in, like, five days, like, to go to America. And I, like, I have not... I'm not ready. I have no. like, I'm not ready at all. I've got so much work to do. I've got so much shit to sort out before I go. Still got presents to buy. Still got presents to wrap. Still got shit to buy. Like, it's... And suddenly I'm going to be in America in five days. I it's guess, crazy. So. I guess when you go away at Christmas, you've got the added pressure of, oh, well, I've got to buy presents as well. It's not like I've got to just think about what clothes I'm going to wear and what toiletries yeah. I need to take. It's like you've got to get a hold of this shit as well. I was hold literally talking things. to my girlfriend the other day and saying how, like, I think I might need to buy another bag 
like because I've got like so many gifts to take that I might have to check another bag. Like I don't know how else to do it. <laughs> but like going going abroad for Christmas, like especially to America, experience what an American Christmas is like. I think that's going to be awesome. That'd be so. Fun. Yeah, I think it should be fun. My my big hope is that I can see New York for a day, but I don't know it's going to happen. Right. Uh, just because our schedule is packed and there's a lot well, happening already. You've got all those Christmas um, films to watch. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, Christmas Eve. We're not leaving the house on Christmas Eve. <laughs> we have got one thing booked in, is that we're going to go see uh, The Boy and the Heron okay. um, around Christmas, which I figured that'd be a good, a good kind of theatre visit whilst we're over there, nice. see the Miyazaki film. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've got any fun Christmas thing other than the pub disco. Um, (laughs) the life I lead Um, I think like I mean Christmas films coming out you've got I I don't think I'm going to bother watching um, Aquaman 2 are you going to go and watch it I don't know if I'll go and watch it I will see it but I don't know if I'm not going to rush out to see it in the cinema yeah, like I had a good time watching it with you, but I think that was that's I enjoyed watching it with you because we were laughing at it. In you know, we were having fun with the movie, and I think yeah. if I was just to if I was to go it and see that film feel by like myself, a thousand years ago it came out. It was. It was like five years ago. It feels like years too long. I know. I I will um, I will suggest go see the holdovers. I think you'll no that it. I, yeah. You've sold me on that. I definitely want to watch that. That sounds really good. Is that a cinema release or is that like a... It will be, yeah. It's already... I watched it because you can get it streaming for, in America now. Um, but it, it is going to be released here in this theatre. Um, I'm trying to think what other big films are coming out. I is think it's Rebel like Universal Pick when Universal picks that go straight to streaming like six days after the theatre. Yeah. I don't understand why they do it. But Isn't Rebel Moon out? Is that is that a Christmas movie? I don't know. It's, that's Netflix doing whatever Netflix is yeah. doing. Yeah. And <laughs> um, trying. Well, is that it? Is that is that is that the the movie releases? Is that oh, is that it? I guess I guess Maestro. Yeah. Care about Maestro? Well, I mean, um, all the Oscar films are going to start coming out now, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, if, what else? Is, Ferrari is Ferrari a Christmas thing? Our our Thin Man episode has obviously just been released, and I think you're talking <laughs> about your Oscar picks for last year. <laughs> Oh, we're so up to date. Um, we're so current. I did see. This is not a Christmas film, but it's May December. Um, it is fucking wonderful. It's one of my favorite films of the year. It's fucking fabulous. Watch May December. Okay. It's. I think it's on Netflix now in the UK, or it's going to be. I can't remember. It's on Netflix in the US anyway. Um, but like, it's fucking brilliant. It's Todd Haynes, who obviously made. Uh, Dark Waters and Carol, which is on my Christmas list. Yeah. But um, May December, it's it's. I did not know what it was about. I didn't know everything was going on. I didn't know it was based on a real story, um, loosely based, but it is. Um, I just fucking adored it. It's it's like Todd Haynes making uh, uh, like a one of those made for TV films about kind of a tabloid like headliner. So it, it all the music in it is aping those kind of Lifetime movies and things. Um, okay, cool. It's brilliant. I I, I absolutely adored it. But. I've got so much to catch up on. I've hardly watched any <laughs> films this year because I've, like I said, I've just been knee deep in plasticine. So I'm looking forward to having a little bit of a break over Christmas. Not, yeah. I won't have much time. I won't have that much time. But I'm going to try and cram in a few films. 
totally. catch up on some stuff. But yeah, um, again, thank you everyone for for putting us putting up with us rambling on about Ernest for the last I don't know hour and a half <laughs> and seventeen um, hours. Yeah. <laughs> I should say I have been drinking a snowball the entire. Oh, is that your first snowball of the year, or have you had many already? My second snowball, actually. Your second. I introduced I introduced Lara to snowballs when we were playing the other day. Did she enjoy? Because, well, actually, they didn't have any because they've got a really severe dairy allergy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was mainly me pointing at it. What's your <laughs> um? How much? How much avocado you put in? Quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, some people just put a shot in. You know, I just, no. I just, I just eye it. I'm like, blah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, nah, I'll half do the glass a bit more. and then yeah. some lime, some ice, and then um, either lemonade or soda water. Soda, soda water works fine. Yeah, I love, oh, I love a snowball. Yeah, so, do you put, do you put a cherry in it as well, or? Well, I never actually have any, but if I had some, I would. You would. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of garnish. A little bit of garnish, little bit of colour. Yeah. Oh, I haven't. I didn't even talk about looking forward to making my eggnog because my, my <laughs> that when we when I came down to visit you it became a big uh, a conversation topic for some reason. Oh, because it was really fun um, playing with Caroline about you <laughs> being obsessive but, over it. Yeah, but Caroline's like, oh, I make so much mess. It's everywhere. It's splashing. It's not. You were just so not. offended. By the I am. Like, made a mess. Look, in Caroline's eyes, all I have to do is put something somewhere and it's a mess. So, <laughs> like, granted, I am not the type... You look at my office, it's fucking terrible. But in the flat, I'm generally... I'm I'm not going to say I'm the most tidy person. I'm definitely more tidy than my office is. But, um, yeah, but I, the head cannon of you just getting increasingly more drunk with a giant <laughs> pot of eggnog. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to film myself... Everywhere. It's just so good. I, I'm going to film myself this year making it and we'll see... <laughs> oh, you guys can be the judges. You can put I'm... it on. I made this. I could. I, I make eggnog. I made eggnog. I make eggnog. I made nog. <laughs> anyway, I think Maskell was even asking me. He was like, "What's your recipe?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Just put." Some... <laughs> <laughs> some I don't know. I'm in. drunk by the time. I yeah. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not meant to make alcoholic drinks sober. That's that's the whole point of it. I got into a huge, not a huge argument. I always describe things as a huge argument, but it was a, a definitely crosswords with Lara about um, making eggnog because I was like, in the UK, you don't buy eggnog at the store; you make it at home. We don't just don't have like store bought eggnog; it's not a thing. Caroline and got me some like, last year, and it was like no, the year before, because she was like, "Oh, well, you don't need to make it now," and I was like, and "You no. offended?" I'm like, "I'm making it," <laughs> and so this this it was like custard in a in like a carton and obviously you water it down with well not what you beer you alcoholic it down so it's thinner 12 more noggy days yeah but it doesn't it homemade stuff tastes much nicer well they were like oh if you had the alcoholic version I was like there is not a non-alcoholic version yeah that's the whole point of it you <laughs> like I don't know what you're on about <laughs> it's just cre- it's just like egg custard cream then isn't it like yeah yeah it's like it's like, have you tried the alcoholic version of cider? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the alcoholic version. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just fucking apple ties. I don't know. <laughs> or apple juice. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. You, 
Chin chin. Chin chin. We hope you all have an awesome Christmas and we'll catch you in the new year. We promise, we promise we'll finish the 30s. And uh, yeah. yeah, don't forget, <laughs> you can reach out to us on X. Are we still on X? Do we use it? Uh, the site formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. We are on it. We don't yeah. use anything, but we are. No. <laughs> so yeah, whichever you prefer to call it, X or Twitter, whatever, you can find us on there. Just search for Adjust Your Tracking with a YR, not a your, and you'll find us on there. You can also leave a comment or rate and review on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever podcast app you use. Um, yeah, and I guess that's it, really. <laughs> um, yeah, and until next time, take care, and don't forget, if the pitch is bad, always adjust your tracking. Ho, 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 ho. Jingle bells, hey, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Happy holidays, Vern. <laughs>